Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Podcast like Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the movies of 1999 from our pair of paint-stained overalls here in 2018. Sure, sure, that was great. (laughs) That's great. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Nybar. I'm Felisco. And today we are talking about everybody's favorite movie, She's All That. A lot of love for this movie. Yes. A lot of love. A lot lot of of love. love. Um, That voice you just heard belongs to David Iserson. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I know how to pronounce your last name because I know your brother. (laughs) Oh, but <laughs> yeah, I know you through your brother as well. It's, he he does he does a great job of of telling people how to pronounce our last name around town. I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad he's there to he like does. set to yes. set the groundwork. This is Greg yeah. Isaacson calling. Um, and uh, I've known Greg for a long time actually because I was an assistant at UTA as when he started there. We both were. We both were. Yes, yeah. he started in the mailroom. I don't know, like weeks after I did, maybe. No, it was definitely longer than that because I started like months after you, and he started after me. He, did it's he? Probably a year after. Oh, okay. You, my I mean, I know what year my brother started in the mailroom. <laughs> oh, what year? There is someone here who we could ask. Yeah, David, what year did David, Greg you know? start? Uh, well, he was an intern, I believe. In the, this is so fucking boring for, for, for anybody who's tuned into this, this podcast. Is, this, this is why they turn in. That's why they tune in. This is the inside Hollywood shit they want. <laughs> I believe my brother was an intern in the summer of 2004. And okay. I think he probably started at 2005. Yep, that's yeah, right. That that's sense. what I said. Yeah, there we go. All right. I know my Greg Iris is anyway. in history. So, uh, uh, David, however. David, however. Um, the uh, TV writer, producer. Been on many television shows. He is a screenwriter too, and a screenwriter. Just recently, uh, co-wrote *Spy Who Dumped Me*. Yes, uh, congratulations. Thank was you. On *New Girl*, *Mad yes. Men*, 
Mr. Robot, which I accidentally called Dr. Robot on our last. And Dr. Robot, Dr. Robot. Dr. Yeah, Robot's maybe I, a more interesting jo- title. Jocularly called Professor Robot. <laughs> yes, you did. Indeed. Um, David is also uh, the owner of my, literally, the career I want more than anybody's. <laughs> so, the career I most lust after. Um, oh, God, if so I come home congr- and you're in bed with my wife. <laughs> no, no. I'm gonna, petting I'm gonna, my dogs. Yeah, I'll be in bed with your IMDb yeah. page. Yeah. I'm like, ah. Uh, yeah. But uh, I do. How did you pull this off? How did you go from uh, comedy yeah. on the, right, so your path was basically kind of new girl or stuff before that? Uh, my first my first writing job was Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live, okay. And then where did you go from there? Um, then I wrote a bunch of unproduced movies after that for a little while. And then United States of Tara was my, oh, cool. was my first, oh, wow, okay. uh, so kind of straddling episodic yeah. TV show. And yeah, so yeah, so that was sort of straddling comedy and drama. So I've always sort of been, I've always been straddling. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just like me and your IMDb page. Um, so that's cool. So, uh, again, Really jealous. Um, <laughs> and thank you for being here. Yes. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to get out alive. <laughs> more, to, more to the point. Um, where were you in 1999? I was in college. Okay. I was in college. I was, I was in um, Evanston, Illinois in 1999. Cool. What college? University North, of Evanston, obviously. Okay. Northwestern University. Okay. Oh. I don't know. I'm kidding. I don't know. You don't know. I don't. I don't know anything about colleges in this country. <laughs> I don't know about. I'm Canadian. Canadian. I don't know anything. No, about they, it. They, the idea of colleges doesn't really spread to Canada. <laughs> I didn't mean like that. It's, it's, so no, which colleges true. are the where? Co- just university. He was, in, he was at university in Everett. I said university. Yeah. So uh, and word is you're from New Jersey. I am from New Jersey. Yeah, I'm New from Jersey? Freehold, New Jersey. Where is Freehold? Freehold is right in the middle. Like you, you take a take a dart and you put it in the middle, and there we are. Okay. Yeah. And you're I'm an hour north. Which, I'm in Westchester. What town are you? What town's that? Chappaqua. Chappaqua. Okay. Yes. Home of Hillary Clinton. Sure. Also her husband. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you you grew up in Jersey. Grew up in Jersey. Uh so in ninety-nine, you're in In college. In college. Yeah. So did you see this movie in ninety nine? I not only saw this movie in '99. I remember when I saw this movie. Really? I saw this movie because this this is this was a truly on brand moment. I saw this movie instead of seeing the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, I, went, I, went, I went with my roommate, my roommate Ben, and we were like, "This is this is what we're going to do today instead of that." And um, so, so yeah, so whatever the release date of this movie is. Two January twenty ninth, nineteen ninety nine. So, 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 um, January thirty first, nineteen ninety nine is when I saw this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, anyway, the it was, the yeah, older Chad. Gotta have a good Super Bowl. Judd always last game. I'll take your word for it. I could, we could we could talk about she's all that, and then and you could you could brief me about John Elway's career afterwards. <laughs> all right, so I is it because of that, or because of something else, or because of a a, a Undying love for this movie, or, or what? What compelled you to pick this movie? Which, by the way, we had a lot of people ask. I think yeah. I was just really, really charmed by this movie when I saw it, and I hadn't seen it since. So I was really interested in revisiting it and to try to like tap into why it, why I was really into it. I had a, I had a poster for this movie on my wall um, wow. that I. So I worked for the producer of this movie after this movie came out. So I, I know I stole the poster from the someone, uh, Richard Gladstein. Yeah. And I know I stole the poster from someone, but I didn't work for him while I was in college. So I don't know how I got this poster. <laughs> but it was a um, it was a French 
bus ad poster to She's All That. had a bright yellow background. That's it, a big size poster. It was, it's a it was, bus ad. It was enormous. That's very cool. It was enormous. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> legit. <laughs> so like, so so I I, I not like not only like not only does this movie affect me, but this kind of became like how I almost sort of was branding myself in college because you if you walked into my apartment. <laughs> Not a ton of people did, but if you walked into my apartment, <laughs> walked into my apartment there, there you are met with a giant poster. Uh, that's a, that's aggressive. Movie. Yeah, yeah. What's the French title? I um. Well, I don't speak French, but my I I I, I texted my roommate, um, my my college roommate, not my current. I don't live with them anymore. Um, <laughs> you uh, live with your wife now. I hope I, I, I live with my wife without the poster. So, so I asked him. I asked him if he had any pictures of of our old apartment. And he did. So it's uh, one of the words is covered, but it's L S blank B N, which I think is is one, something good. B N is, is yeah, good. I think it's she's it's, probably it's, she's good or she's, she's good, very she, good or something well, like that. I, I, yeah. I think it might even be, might even French be, could do better than that. Yeah. Although, well, can we talk about the title a little bit? Well, well, yes. It's please, a, it's, it's, a it's a problematic, a title. weird title. No, it's a problematic title. It is to me. I feel the title is like a bunch of real, like a bunch of old dudes sitting around a table, being like, "What do the kids say? <laughs> what, uh, how would a kid describe somebody? Yeah, yeah. Like, how would a kid describe this girl?" Yeah. Because then it feels like they retroactively had the scene where like the, the really uncomfortable yeah. scene oh, that's why it's where the two yeah, guys yes. the yeah. two guys the guys did a freestyle rap about about prom, prom queen, queen elections yeah. which does not feel like it was part of the body of the movie we it know how like that came to be apparently uh, no was, I don't was that it was improvised they were shooting and these two guys just started beatboxing oh stop I'm it. not even kidding and then someone the director producer someone saw them doing it and then obviously they didn't just like turn cameras on them but they were like, oh, we should do this and have you do that in this movie. So they weren't going to say the title in the whole movie? I think the title came from that scene. That's what, I, and I could be wrong, but I don't think that that was the title for Well, that does movie. explain why they didn't add and a bag of chips to this. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like the obvious move. That's the sequel. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, and and I mean, well, it's well, also not emblematic of this movie. It, it, there's no, nothing. There's nothing not. about. There's nothing about her character where you'd be like, hmm, she she <laughs> is all that. She is all that. So weird. <laughs> if I'm gonna if I'm gonna say if I'm gonna point one thing to this to this to this 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 painter who uh, who who put on a pretty red dress yeah. and changed the way the school looked at her, it's that she is all that. Oh, God. It's really the, counterintuitive. The full, the full package. It's the a full, very strange title. But much and like, poster too. Much. All right, so much much like Deuce Bigelow, this weirdly this title and this poster has creeped into our consciousness it and lodged itself there and never left. That poster so is nothing. It's, no, no, it is it's half, bad, bad, half yeah, purple. Photoshop. Yeah, it's half purple, half orange. <laughs> it's the two leads up in the front. On like cockeyed weird uh, Dutch I'm angles. Kind of in, I'm, only, I'm only familiar with the, I'm only familiar with the French poster. So <laughs> to be more specific, about the oh, what, a, yeah, what a snob! What an elitist! <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good poster. Uh, did, you, you, did you watch it with the French subtitles? Yeah, which is the French dubbing. Yeah, it's it's very strange to me, and it and it is. Sort it is of strange. This movie has stuck around, and watching it again, to to your point, mm-hmm. trying to deconstruct why this movie has held on to the zeitgeist as long as it has, I really come back to the cast. It is a stacked bench 
of actors. Oh yeah, it is. It is. It is a murderer's row of 1999 teen actors. <laughs> yeah. It's and to the point and where you're grown-ups. like, they're in this too. Like yeah. there were moments where Lil Kim is in this. Lil Kim's in this. Kieran Culkin is her brother. You know, there's almost just, no one in the cast who wasn't someone who you don't sort of still yeah. doesn't yeah. still seem familiar totally to our to absolutely our 2018. Dulé Hill. It's it's really crazy to to and and that to me feels like. I, and we've talked about this a little because you know we we did an American Pie episode mm-hmm. again stacked cast of people a lot of them went on to have careers for the most part but, and you but have this these, cast is like this way more successful than one hundred percent yeah but it does you do sort of we've had a couple no in ninety nine is successful no no one American Pie is successful because but, yeah. of how many teen movies there are in ninety nine and, mm-hmm. and we had a lot we've had a fair amount of casts where you're like. Wow, look at how this because I mean generally it is teen cast, right? It's your American graffiti, is your days and confused, your you know, what have you, your even your social networks, like movies that are about people around that age, and then their careers either blossom or they don't. This movie, though, I was just at every turn, I was like, Anna Paquin's in this. Yeah. Like you just it's it's a really crazy. Anna Paquin with the least believable American accent I have ever (laughs) heard in my life. And she's Freddie Prince Jr.'s she's Sister. Prince Jr.'s sister. They, they, I think I think the I think there must have been somebody on set saying like I don't know if you can pull off the accent. Maybe maybe if you whisper a bunch, yeah, nobody will catch on. Yeah. I caught, and this is gonna piss a lot of people off. I caught 15 minutes of I Heart, I Heart Huckabees sure. yesterday morning. Yeah. Jude Law does not have a good American accent. Like full stop. It's yeah. like it's so bad. It it's like grates me. The when he tries to do it, but Naomi Watts, who I am wearing on my she's dress right now, has an amazing no, she's, American accent. She's an, she's amazing, yeah. but yeah. Okay, so I want to tease something for later this episode that I haven't told either of you about. Yeah, go for it. We should rank all the teen movies that we've done. We've done so many now. Absolutely. So I'll I'll throw you a list. Yeah. Okay, very exciting. During, during yeah. this podcast, we'll okay. talk about that. Right. And if there's some that you haven't covered yet, and yeah, we can still throw on there. Yeah. We'll also we're we have a, a new so. segment that we're trying to do where we recast. The movie with 2018 actors. Oh gosh. Okay. So a little would, harder with the a team little movie. harder, but I would say like for our two leads, I think we should try to potentially sure. recast that. Yeah, definitely. So if you want and to we can, be we can, percolating on that, I'll Matthew percolate. Lillard's character, Jordan yeah. Little Keith, who I'm really upset didn't have like a bigger career. Yeah. So in '99, like really, like what other movies really kind of stay with you? Who's it? Uh, I think that. I mean, I think I had like a sort of like. In my sort of high low culture thing, I mean, I was I was like in I was in film school, but I was I was I was like really tried to not like forge a super. I, I don't never have pretentious tastes, but I I think like I mean I think election election ninety nine yeah I think Election's I so think good. that's my that's the movie that sort of like changed my life. Should we put that, that on the list? That almost seems like unfair. Is that a teen movie? Yeah. I think that that is enough of a teen movie because. I mean, it's Chris Klein. It's Reese Witherspoon. I mean, it is. It is. It. It It is about a high school election. I mean, it's obviously my number one. It was my number three movie of the whole year before we started this. But I can't wait to do that one. It operates on such a different plane than these movies. Yeah, I mean, it's because Matthew Broderick is the way into that movie. I guess then you sort of can't count it as a teen movie. But I. But then there's the Ferris Bueller of it all in some weird way too, yeah, which well, kind of folds into it. It's you know? a comment, yeah, a comment. Yeah, on it. I mean, I I don't know. Election it's, is. Let's just say it's all our number one. Which yeah, it's it, all our number we'll one. Just, yeah. MTV just, they try to market it as a team That's movie, true, which it's is just, weird. Too. It just wasn't a hit. Yeah, yeah it's a great movie. Um, so Election would would sort of that's your that's your number I think, one. In I think 99? that's I think that's my number one. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
There were some, I mean, Three Kings you mentioned. Three Kings I really, really love. Which, I, which actually holds up incredibly well. I yeah. would actually say that that's, my esteem for that film has grown since I mean, since I mean, you bringing up, you brought up I Heart Huckabee's, my controversial opinion is I kind of can't stand almost any David O. Russell movie. I, nice. I, I And more than anything, I hate I Heart Huckabee's. <laughs> I love Three Kings. Have you yeah. watched I Heart Huckabee's recently? No, I was so angry as I, <laughs> like, grumbled out of the theater when I saw <laughs> it. Was it like in 04? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I saw. In. I'm sure I, I was, saw it live. I, I, I hated it too back then. So it, the it, 15 minutes I caught, and it was only 15 minutes because I had like family obligations, blew me away. Like, okay, it's worth re, it's worth. Uh, I rewatched it. I want to say yeah. probably four or five years ago, and I wouldn't say that I like it, but I respect it more now than I did then. Like it is because you know, obviously, you were talking about like trying not to be pretentious with your taste, and this film is. Desperately up its own ass. Yeah, yeah. Like there's no. <laughs> yes. So it's it definitely feels a little bit of that. I also, I mean, I'm not. I agree with you, David O. Russell. I, I actually, I really love flirting with disaster. I think it's a fun yeah, movie. So. Um, mm-hmm. and I love. I think he's very Three hit Kings, or miss too. I totally. But he's agree. very hit or miss, and I would say he's. Yeah, I, it doesn't really. Yeah, it's like uh, like. And as as writers, I think I think we also have like more of a right to hate David O. Russell, who <laughs> seems to just despise writers. It seems yeah. that way. Yeah, like like American Hustle, where you know, like proudly, like all all the actors improvise their lines, and yeah. you absolutely can notice it because every Jennifer Lawrence scene is her talking about her nails because <laughs> it seems oh. it seems like she like like took like yeah. three hours of like one UCB class, and she's like, I think I got it. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and yeah, yeah. it's basically, I mean, there's also, it's funny because when you say that, I think a little bit of um, Judd Apatow as well, mm-hmm. who also feels like loves joke writers, but doesn't love storytelling. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't get the impression that David O. Russell loves to tell you a story either. Like so, that, there, do you know what I'm sort of getting at? That that there's this ramshackle kind of I'm pulling pieces together, and it's and it should be messy. And, I think he tries and different electric. things, different movies. There's no way he went into the fighter and said, "I don't want to tell a story." The fighter is a studio. You the, think so? It is a it is a I, studio structure. I think he replaced movie. someone else in that movie. If I'm remembering, yes, he did. He replaced yeah, yeah, Aronofsky. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I and, and another guy, and who, also that movie went through numerous rewrites, and 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 I will say that in specific, I don't know why we're talking about David Russell on the She's All That episode, but I will say this: I do think that because we're just we're just the so David O. Russell odd electricity that he brings to his movies made The Fighter an interesting movie. Had it been directed by someone who was just wanting to tell a story, that been, story. It would have been every other box. It would have been every, and, and I think that David Russell is why you get Christian Bale's character being as prominent mm-hmm. as he is, and it's why you get Melissa, Melissa Leo's. Leo's I mean, yeah. all that stuff feels like David O. Russell stuff, which is why the movie pops in any way. And I don't really love that movie, but I think that it's, at least, it's interesting. But well, I mean, it's, because you know, of him. there are movies like Southpaw, there are movies like Bleed for This that no one sure. even bothered to see. Sure. Because we feel like we've seen them a thousand times. Yeah. There was something about the fight that did feel a little more yes. urgent yeah. in those movies. I agree so with that. I do think that's his influence. So to give a little context for the film we're actually talking yes, about please. here today is She's All That. Uh, the synopsis is high school hotshot Zach Seiler, played by Freddie Prince Jr., is the envy of his Isn't peers. Isn't that a weird name? Zach Seiler? Because yes. I, I, yeah. I watched the movie subtitled, and every time the spelling in, of in French, yeah. Seiler came up, I was like, this doesn't It's also like weirdly, like what background is that supposed to be? Like it almost feels Jewish, it's but I'm not it's, sure. it's the same background where Freddie Prince Jr. and Anna Paquin are from. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but his popularity declined sharply uh, when his cheerleader girlfriend Taylor, played by Jody Lynn O'Keefe, great name Taylor Vaughn, Taylor Vaughn leaves him for name? sleazy reality star Brock Hudson. All Again, these names, great are names, good. All great names. Yeah, it's it's it, and names are f- 
Names are so hard. hard. Yeah. And they're really, yes. yeah, this movie's really good well, at Well, I give them credit for like leaning into these character types, right? Like, uh-huh. like Brock Hudson, they're obviously they're, they're punning on like these, these reality stars type things. That sounds like a porn star. Taylor, same thing with Taylor Vaughn. Yeah, like yeah, Taylor Vaughn's yeah. like yeah. such a hot girl name. But Zach Seiler, I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed Zach to say. Zach Seiler is name. starring in like Broken Arrow. Right, like he's he's like that, like like a desert sure. war oh, movie. Oh, okay, sure, okay. sure, sure. Like Zach Seiler is a character that yes. character Ryan, knows, Ryan yes, Felipe yes. plays now. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Desperate to revive his fading reputation, Seiler agrees to a seemingly impossible challenge. He has six weeks to gain the trust of nerdy outcast Lainey Boggs, played by Rachel Lee Cook, and help her become the school's next prom queen. Seemingly impossible. Uh, I want to say something. Bo- gorgeous uh, movie. Speaking star. of speaking of names, um, I want to tell you a piece of trivia here about her name yes uh which, which i are, love which lady is, boggs i love as a name is a combination of two characters played by winona Ryder, kim mm-hmm. boggs in edward scissorhands and laney laney pierce in reality bites oh. which i love okay uh, and yeah and it's a weird thing but that's and a winona thing Ryder's character in heathers was also was was yes. was veronica of betty veronica yeah. and yeah. and um it's weird yeah and, winona Ryder is just like and Sawyer, Sawyer from Sawyer and Finn, yeah. Kind of got like a Kevin Bacon thing. By that, I mean like the six degrees of Winona Ryder. It feels like there's lots yeah. of like 90s kind of, she was so in it that I feel like people were just very much inspired by her. Uh, she's all that opened on Ju- uh, January 29th, 1999 in first place with $16 million. It would go on to make $103 million worldwide on a $10 million budget. That's Goodness. A big fat hit. Serious. Uh, How did that happen? <laughs> she's all that has 39% on Rotten Tomatoes, 55% from audiences. Uh, not a Rotten Tomatoes movie. Not so. a Rotten Tomatoes movie. Neither was Deuce Bigelow, shockingly. But I but I, but I, I think un, in an unfair way, not a Rotten Tomatoes movie. Not, I, yeah, yeah. This not, movie. Not uh, a, yeah, this movie. Yeah, this movie. She's I, all that. Yeah, yeah she's all that. I, I'm. I, I'm. I wasn't here for your Deuce Bigelow. But I would also <laughs> say to that point that teen movies were not Rotten Tomato movies back then. Mm-hmm. There were so many teen movies that came out in '99, and as we've mentioned, we'll, we'll rank some of them or the ones that we've watched thus far later. But I feel like it was kind of a maligned genre. Oh, I, I, I feel like critics look down their nose at teen movies, and it's a bummer because we don't make them anymore. We don't, for I don't, the most part. I mean, very infrequently. Like eighth grade is a teen movie. Eighth right? grade teen movie. It's a great movie. Lady Bird is a is a teen movie, but not in the way, just in, in a way that feels like it is. Those 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 are those are teen movies made for for us. Prestige. Yes. 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 So yes, there there yes. are movies. Um, every once in a while, you do get a movie like The Duff. Which is like clearly like in this realm. Sure, but, um, but you do. Yeah, you're right. You you maybe get one or two. I don't know, maybe one a year, maybe two years. Which like is that. strange to me because I guess, I mean, and again, I'm speculating here, but it feels like a lot of the content that teens are ingesting now is either streaming or mm-hmm. something akin to that. I bet you get a bunch on um, Netflix. I bet there are well, a bunch well, of Well, I mean, I mean, I imagine there has to be, Kissing, right? Kissing Booth. Is yeah, the sure, sure. is about the most popular movie Netflix has ever made. Really? Yep. So I, that that to me feels like a missed opportunity. We and by we I mean the industry gave up on getting we're the, teens. Phil, we're the industry. Is that what you're trying <laughs> to say? What, that's what I meant to say. That's us. Us at this table. <laughs> the we Jews, gave up on them. The we, Jews that run Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's something to that we that that. That the the industry gave up on making teen movies because they didn't feel like they could get them in the seats anymore, mm-hmm. and they're getting them in the seats with these you know Marvel movies and what have you. So they figure like fine, they're showing up and that's fine. But it's such a disposable income. There's a reason why you aim movies at teenagers, and yet 
here we are. And I feel like I haven't seen a good teen movie in a movie theater. I don't know in how long. Yeah. You know, you know, it was a, this is such a fucking shitty thing to say. I'm such an asshole for saying it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. Good teen movie, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yes, no, great movie. The yes. high school scenes in those movies, show me what a teen movie could be today. Well, that's a John Hughes movie starring Spider-Man. Love it. Yeah. I love what they did with, I with, fully it, agree with, with, with that stuff. Like, it 100%. really could work. But, and I also love Tom Holland in that. It's the first um, Spider-Man I ever liked. So, Roger Ebert's review of She's All That is okay. a mixed bag. But he does at the end say something interesting, which is, um, uh, although she was, uh, blah, 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 blah. Watching the movie, I was grateful to the director, Robert Iscove, my cousin, for what it's worth. <laughs> we'll talk about this. We'll talk yes. about that in a second. Uh, <laughs> right. And the writer, uh, R. Lee Fleming Jr., for taking this weary material and doing what they could with it. It's It has a lot of wit and very few movies today do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, Lee Fleming wrote this movie? R. Lee Fleming Jr. I can get him on the podcast. Great. When we do our thing, I'm positive. Is this not our thing? (laughs) (laughs) This is this. You'll be on the. You'll be on the. You'll be on the thing that we're. We're we're hoping. Let's stop talking about this. This is the practice episode (laughs) of She's All That. In the future, we're hoping to do something, you know, with uh, with my relationships with the director and what have you. We're hoping to do something special for it down the road. Just as special as this, if no, not, no, which you yeah. obviously will be. Yeah, I, 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 like I could, invited like, to. Like yeah. I will be bursting through the doors. It's going to be fantastic, <laughs> yeah, and we can't wait. Uh, but it is interesting. To your point, critics kind of derided this movie. They sort of threw it away. I think that the release date was fucking key. This movie was released in the sort of that Oscar window doldrum of January, where mm-hmm. people are going to see people are seeing the Super Bowl. <laughs> people are seeing the Super Bowl. <laughs> But not great, you. Great counterpart. Not me. Not for one second was I seeing but that that's, that's important a game. Huge opening. Sixteen million dollars for this movie is 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 pretty bonkers. For what, sure. Where was Freddie Prince Jr. in his career at this point? It's a very good question, and I will answer it for you. Uh, yeah, it's. I, I can't speak with expertise in Freddie Prince Jr. If you have any questions about Rachel Lee Cook, I will try my best <laughs> to answer them. I, I I do feel like Freddie Prince Jr. is one of those guys who is exactly the same in every single movie he's in, and yet people just really like that thing he does. I, I mean, I think it's fine. We'll see him I, again in Wing Commander, oh, so right. we can really we put that see. theory to the test. Well, we are going to see him in that, aren't we? Uh, with Lillard, right? With Lillard. With yeah. Lillard, yeah. They Those. shot that before this. They shot that before this? Yeah, because yeah. they were in, I don't know, like uh, Luxembourg or something like that, shooting Wing Commander, and that's why he got this. So, uh, Oh, yeah, really. You really get you really get the Luxembourg <laughs> vibe from that movie. <laughs> so the first movie he does that gets him any sort of notoriety is The House of Yes. Oh, of course, yeah. which Rachel Lee Cook is also in. That's right, he is. They are. Uh, then he does like a- I said, please ask me all your Rachel Lee Cook questions. <laughs> I know what you did last summer was, I think, oh, kind of the big so one. He, That's where he meets Sarah Michelle Gellar. That, that's these- before this. Yes. Okay. As the, is, I still know what you did last summer. All the I know what you did last summer people really did get a bump off that. Yeah. 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 Jennifer yeah. Love Hewitt did in Sarah Michelle Gellar. R- Ryan Felipe. Off yeah. it. Ryan Felipe made a career off it. Like that, that I was. I mean, a, the Cruel Intentions was the two of them. That was, up, a, so. that was really a big movie for Very this, big. like, um, this teen renaissance. Absolutely. Obviously, Scream was the biggest. It's also kind of amazing did. that I Know What You Did and I Still Know What You Did came out a year apart. Like, that's. A really fast turnaround for a sequel. Well, they're trying to refer to the same last summer. It's a logistical if, thing. If, there's too, if they're too far away, you can't name a movie. I still know what you did four summers ago. No, no, no. Wait, is, wait. Yeah. Four is it five? I love that you think that's why. <laughs> no, they had an eight month window. Yeah, yeah. They're like, like, listen, we got to keep keep the logic of the phrasing. 
<laughs> so he does She's All That and Wing Commander both in 99. He does Down to You and Boys and Girls in 2000. Boys and Girls also directed by Robert Isco. Okay. Uh, Down to You with... Um, it, is oh it my real? god. No, it's uh, Julia Stiles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, then he does Head Over Heels, Summer Catch. People like People Summer like Catch, Summer by Catch. the way. Yeah, Summer Catch. Yeah. Who? yeah. Then he does Je- Scooby Doo. Jessica Biel. Yeah, Jessica Biel. He does Scooby Doo. Written by John Gatons, yeah. I believe. Scooby Doo did very well. Very well. Did huge. Great twist. Great twist. He kind <laughs> of doesn't really. Great twist. He kind of doesn't really do a ton I, after that. I will do what I do every episode. Yes. Freddie Prince Jr. in this period where he doesn't really do anything becomes a WWE writer. True. Really? Yes. You do this in every episode. I bring it to the. <laughs> he brings it to wrestling. I bring oh, it to the WWE wrestling. almost every okay. episode because it's such a natural segue. But he really did. He really went and became a WWE writer because he loves it. Um, and that's the end of that story. But he really, Freddie Prince Jr. Um, doesn't really work anymore. He doesn't. His wife does. Yes, she does. Um, I'm looking happy, him. I'm, they're still happily married. They're still happily married. Uh, they, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the logistics of their marriage. They seem happy. They seem happy. They still seem happy. <laughs> they, they seem, seem happy. happy. <laughs> looking at Freddie Prince Jr.'s uh, career from a box office perspective, obviously Scooby Doo is the most successful film that he's done, mm-hmm. uh, followed by I Know What You Did Last Summer. Um, it's interesting. This movie is his fourth most successful film. It's very interesting to see sort of how he kind of doesn't, you know, Wing Commander's a, a, a disaster. Boys and Girls doesn't do very well. But he's still a name. Like, I think you say Freddie Prince Jr., people still would, like, watch him and stuff. I mean, you say Freddie Prince Sr., people would still people know who that is. I mean, it's a name. I mean, that's, it's a name. you know. Yeah. Freddie yeah. Prince Sr. is one of the most interesting pop culture figures I know of because I believe he died at 19. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, very young. So he became very famous, very young. Yes, was famous enough to drive to die of a he died of a drug overdose that everyone knew about. Yes, is that was it was a self inflicted gunshot? Wound. Okay, I think have... it was a mixture. Okay, so <laughs> it I, was, feel, I feel like if I don't want to bring down, our, it was a, it she's was all a, that fun. She's hard that. to do. Hard to do both. Guys. <laughs> to, to, to OD and, and then well, no, she, no, he didn't. I, I believe that he was under the influence, and he then suicide. He it was like a Russian roulette. I think sort that's of what situation. it was. But it always was kind of crazy to me that he did live long enough to have a son he named after himself who went on, who probably never knew his dad, who went on to become a big movie star. Big movie star. Mm -hmm. So another career, an interesting career, is Rachel Lee Cook's career. Yes. Of which you This is what I want to this is mostly what I want to talk about today. Um, Can I ask you why you're well versed? Is just because you're a fan or I rewatching this movie. Mm -hmm. You know, I I I was trying to reconnect with why it had such an effect on me. And I think she carries this movie. 100%. I think she is so good in this movie, in this movie that I think would not have worked with somebody else. And I- I totally agree with you. And I then became, I mean, mildly upset that this didn't, that her career wasn't giant because I think she was- she was successfully weird in this movie. She she had like really interesting line readings. She was just very watchable and and really kind of brought a lot of like like pathos to this movie I that maybe totally could agree. not have had it. And and so I am a little bit bewildered and surprised and disappointed on on her behalf <laughs> for her like 
whatever shitty agents didn't didn't capitalize. Well, this. I think that there's. I mean, all right, let's defend the agents. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, first of all, I just want to say uh, three other names that were apparently in consideration for the role were Lili Sobieski, Mina Suvari, and Jordana Brewster. And yeah, in and, the same in the same time that I definitely stole a movie poster from this movie and put it on the I believe I also might have a VHS tape of some auditions for this movie. Really? <laughs> Whoa. Wow. I don't know. You go deep. I went deep. So the, it's funny. It's and Josh Hartnett was almost was up for uh, yeah. the Freddie Prince Jr. It's funny that Lily Sobieski um, was up for this because it was very reminiscent of her role in Never Been Kissed. Yes. There feels like the version of the yes. part she plays. Yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, I thought she was great at. I had never been kissed. I think she could have done this role. It would have been a different movie. Yes. But I think she could have. I think that the. I don't what? think there's a ton of chemistry between Freddie Prince Jr. and Rachel Lee Cook. There's, almost, a, there's almost, enough. There's almost none. I, I think there's none. But I think she is pulling her weight to make you buy that she's into this guy enough that that relationship works. Well, I think, I think the sort of. The, one of the interesting things about the story and the structure of this movie is that this isn't really Pygmalion at all. <laughs> she actually doesn't teach her anything. She doesn't truly, like, I, she doesn't truly change the nature of who she is or what she believes or per, particularly how she acts. And so whether, and we're just, and they really, really kind of fast forward through a lot of what should have been like scenes where they're sort of building their relationship. Yeah. So it really is becomes very, when you get to the end, when you get to them sort of avowing their love for each other, like, God, you guys really didn't have a lot of scenes yeah. together. Yeah. And the scenes you did have were, were really on the friendship tip more than they were on the burgeoning relationship side of things. It's a for huge sure. point. <laughs> like, yeah. No, it is. Cause these two actually like, they would never make this movie. It wouldn't have been a satisfying ending. These two yeah. became great friends. Yeah. They became great for each other and they helped each other, yeah. but there wasn't a spark of love there. Well, it's like he even says it, like in the last the last sort of couplet they have before, or before the, we'll talk about the gag at the very, very end, but mm-hmm. where, he, where she says, what did you lose? And he says, my best friend. Mm-hmm. Which I also had issues. <laughs> like, I, was like, I was like, who is he referring to? Because I also spent most of the movie being like, I don't know why he's friends with Paul Walker. Yeah, they, like, yeah. they never get along. Yeah. They're just, and I was like, Oh my god! I guess you. I guess he was your best friend. I guess you did <laughs> lose him in this in this situation. But then I also feel like he's talking about her too, he, right? He does. He does. But it's. But it's, 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 but it's he, he says a pro. He says she. But I, but I. But before that, I was like, who's his who's best friend? Yeah. Oh my god! So Paul Walker in this movie is a monster. My the the most revolutionary move they made in this movie, and I thought this in back then. I think it now. Um, I think it's actually what makes this movie interesting. Was that Freddie Prince Jr.'s character was smart? Yeah. He's not and a jock. That and he is a jock. He's, he's a smart jock. But he's yeah. everything, right? So he's I, I can't think of any other movie, teen movie, where the the archetype, that guy, the 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 archety- archetypical or archetypal, the archetypal um male jock lead is also given fourth in his class, yeah. a, accepted at every Ivy League school, doesn't need her help for anything. Like, like isn't, isn't a schemer, isn't a bullshitter. Like, he does do this one weird scheme because he's full of himself. Yeah. But he kind of has every reason to be full of, full of himself. He is he is as successful a high school student as you can be. And I thought at the time, I, honestly, I'm like, um, how could they even pull this off? How could they even have pitched this idea of he's also really smart? That's, 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 he needed an he needed an arc, which which I would argue he actually doesn't have. I was just saying and, his character's and, a little and, muddy. You know, you know, because he, he I 
Um, Varsity Blues is that also ninety nine? Because it, it, it is, is, it is, it is, it is. I don't want your life. That is, that is his arc as well. And um, <laughs> but, but a he. You don't know how he resolves it. He makes a joke about going to art school at the end, but you don't believe it. All the deadlines oh, have passed. I thought pa- he was being serious. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't sure. I don't I know. Mean, truthfully. I, 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 the way he delivers it is unserious. If, yeah. if if the script was written that he ultimately decides it, then I think he didn't decide it very well. <laughs> but um, but yeah. but you know, I think the deadlines have passed. Like I don't exactly. He seems to have fucked up a lot of his opportunities, but I don't exactly know what he's going to end up doing. But yeah, his his arc is pretty minimal. Well, it, it feels like I mean, we're supposed to feel bad for him because he got into all the colleges that he wants to go to. And just doesn't know which one to well, pick. But, and he was always wearing a dark. He was wearing a Dartmouth sweatshirt from the beginning of time. So like he did. Yeah, I, it's just it's, it's, it's really it's, tough. It's, it's, like, it's a I, deep boohoo. It really does seem like, <laughs> and I don't know if this. I don't obviously I don't know this for a fact. It seems like there's a lot that was left out of this backstory. Is, a oh lot that God, was left yeah. on the cutting room floor mm-hmm. when it comes to his relationship with, with his dad. Tim yeah. My my and, yeah. My biggest yeah, issue with this movie. With, uh, Hoynes. My biggest mm-hmm. issue with this movie, which I think, and I I really. Do think that this movie is still a movie I enjoyed watching, but I don't feel that the movie trusted itself to yeah. tell the story it was trying to tell. Yeah. And there was there's so much filler. There's so many like Matthew Lillard stuff is funny. It's cool. I I I enjoyed watching it, but all of that comes at the expense of building a relationship between these two people, building, Absolutely. you know, and I do get a pretty good sense of her backstory, even though I think her arc is also weirdly unresolved. At the end, her art teacher says, you know, finally, you, you finally, <laughs> you, you, you let, you let me into who you are. I don't, I don't remember her dialogue, but it seemed that it was based on a painting she was working on before totally. the body of the movie. <laughs> totally. So like, so fi- finally, Lady goes Box, down yeah. and the whole fucking yeah. painting's Painted. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, 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 uh, but so, I think that there is a sort of a lack of trust that this, the the, the crux of this movie could carry the movie, and I think yeah. we lose a lot uh, of who they are in it. I, I I fully agree. I mean, the real world stuff, as you said, the Matthew Lillard stuff is funny. Yeah, but it's not enough to hang your hat on. So, all right. So this is, I guess, kind of what I what David. I think you you hit on it. I did, I hadn't really gotten there. I think. This movie is is kind of structurally and formally incompetent. Um, I think it, I think it tells its story incompetently. Yet there is something about you're, tar- you're tar- tarnishing the Isco family name. Here. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I to my face. I said I wouldn't shit on it, but yeah, you know, there that's we go. Fine. No, but it, it's a backhanded compliment. Just wait for it. Right. It somehow kind of through a spirit, like follows this. Like, like brings you through to the end where it's a satisfying experience watching this movie. And that is something I can't figure out because I think compared to all these other teen movies we've seen, even including American Pie, mm-hmm. it is less well told. Yeah, it's it's. I was thinking as I was watching it, the big thing that jumped out at me was um, the bet. Oh, my God. Which is that yes. I have no idea what the stakes of the bet are. and well, did They never say it. They, they never just, say they it until the, the very end. end. It should also be said too, and I'm, I don't know if you guys read this, but that M Night Shyamalan did a pass on this script. I'm gonna, can I? I, I have, I have, a, I have a few things to say. He kind of, he kind of famously did a pass on. I have yeah. a few things to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, please. M Night Shyamalan gave an interview where he said, "I basically ghost wrote this movie," or he said, "I ghost wrote yes, this movie." I've heard that too. I'm, I'm embarrassed to even say the name. I ghost wrote this movie, to which I say, "Fuck you." <laughs> Because M. Night Shyamalan did what is the screenwriter's, like, 
happens in movies, in most movies, in almost every comedy. Um, and he did a pass at the script. He he did a rewrite. Um, I've I've even seen the pages he wrote. He didn't fucking write the script, and it is so shitty. Mm. And also, you're. I don't want to get into like writers' guild rules, but you're not supposed to publicize that. Yeah. Like you, you lost the credit arbitration. You don't have. You're not credited on this movie. Fuck you for claiming that you wrote yeah. it and also shitting on the movie and saying you're embarrassed about it. Oh fuck that man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good take. I agree. I agree. You're totally I mean, right. I, the reason I bring it up specifically yes, was that apparently the fucking gag at the end was M Night's gag. Comedy, comedy legend M Night Shyamalan <laughs> with the I, least funny moment of that movie. Well, it, my problem is is that they don't tell us what the stakes of the bet are, which is kind of one hundred and one. And all of this is a testament to the fact of your point, which is that I don't know what this bet is. I don't even, and I'm not even really sure I care because I'm coasting through a movie that somehow is working. There's some sort of an energy going on. Yeah. Yeah. There's a chemistry between your cast. There's the fact that you know your teen tropes well enough as an audience member. There's a weird magic to this movie. There's a weird magic. There's a a lightning in a bottle to it that doesn't make any sense. I think, yeah, I think, I think there's something to the rhythm to it. I think, I think the actors all take it, take, are taking the movie pretty seriously, which I think helps. Yes. Enormously, I, I I think that you know Even Lillard. Yeah, I, I think I think if yeah, I think I think he is having a ton of fun doing it. Yeah. But the first I don't know, like thirty minutes of the movie feel like I am like like watching it like pass on the road <laughs> from the car. It is it moves by so fast. Like he gets broken up with his girlfriend, agrees to the bet, agrees to who the bet is with, <laughs> and is somehow like in like. In conversation with her, it's never even established that they know each other to the point that she's already annoyed that he's bothering her. I feel like in like eleven minutes, yeah, it I'm, happens really fast. I'm it's so crazy. exhausted. Like it's everything. I agree with you. Everything about the setup is is crazy. Like it's crazy that he would date her, right? For one, because he's not a superficial idiot, and she is obviously a superficial idiot. But it's also Ta- cra- Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. It's also crazy that he would get over it in zero seconds. Like yeah. I don't care who you are, you're a 17 year old. It didn't guy. seem to cut him at all. No, she, he's it not was the a, next. It was a pretty. Yeah. It was a pretty brutal was, breakup. Yeah. And it was told. I, I I like the flourish of telling it the way they told it of going yeah. into the MTV break. Um, the pool spring party. Spring break. No, I, I like. I thought that was really visually. I thought that was really, really, yeah. really clever. Yeah. And success, I like yeah. the flourish of the dream inside the real world. I actually yeah, think yeah, that, yeah. Was, yeah. that was that was one of the more interesting moments of the movie where you for half a second were in Lainey's perspective. Yes. Um. And he and he. He, he he kind of accepted that. Oh yeah, I'm doing some damage here. Yeah, but it's. I mean, it, it's if you if you pick it apart piece by piece, it doesn't work. How the fuck does it? And work? yet somehow the movie works. I think it's her. I really do. I mean, she does certainly she feel that. like the, she does feel like the secret sauce. There is something about her performance, and we, we've talked. I don't know if we talked about Josie and the Pussycats before, but I feel like Come we might up. have. She's great in that too. Like she's great. In she's a great actor. I do think that's and not I, her, I'm not, though. I'm not just just saying. There's something about like that movie to me would have worked no matter who was playing that character. Josie, yeah, because that script is well. Yeah. It would have worked the way I, the way it works for us, right? Because right. That a, a movie a movie so, that was not appreciated in its time no, right. in any way. But that movie is so tight, so smart, so so pointed in its targets. Like that had nothing to do with her, in my opinion. Um, 
my favorite performance in that movie is Tara Reid. But because that's the only she's like, great in that movie. yeah. But um, but this movie, I agree with you. Like she is this. She is kind of this like rose from the concrete. in This weird movie. I do think that she kind of walked away from the business, and I don't know if I, I'm not suggesting that your point earlier that she should have been a big star. And this should have made her blow up. Mm-hmm. And I still, to this day, can't really tell you why that didn't happen. I mean, I'm looking at her credits right she's now. She's in Nancy Drew. She's in, she, obviously just she has all that. And then basically follows it up with with nothing. But she works. She works a lot, right? She worked. I mean, she's in Antitrust. She's in that Get Carter remake. You know, she, obviously she's Josie in the Pussycats. But that's 2001, right? That's two years later. So, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's kind of. Does she I, do TV now? Yeah. Didn't she star on a show? Yeah, she was on a show. She was on a. It's just a lot of direct to VOD. Again, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I agree with you that she's so talented and blows up off the screen in this movie. She's just like my, luminescent. My my theory about it is because she's putting in a um a Winona Ryder esque performance in yes, this. She is, and I think that I I I wonder if it the. You know, Winona Ryder played weird characters and yeah. is weird. Yeah. I I wonder if Rachel Lee Cook at her core is just not a weird person. <laughs> and and so Possible. therefore she was not drawn like and this is this this is not a weird movie yeah. particularly, yet she I I think it works because she's a weirdo. And I think that's also why um mm. I think it works in spite of the fact that she is beautiful before and beautiful after, which is sort of like the off-maligned joke of this movie is that like, you know, she took off her glasses and suddenly she's beautiful. But I, I actually completely buy her being a social pariah because she just played it off as yeah. being such a weirdo. I agree and and yeah. I think I think that, you know, she could have had just a weirder, odder career, but she maybe inherently just doesn't have weird taste. She I, I, she has weird Mannerisms. Mm-hmm. She has. She has. She, she has weird physicality. Like she has yeah. the physicality of an uncoordinated person. Yeah, and that does sell this idea that she's kind of an outcast to me. I don't know if that's who she is, or if she was playing that, or if she was you know affecting that for this role. But that really does that. That that more than anything, kind of she sold does this feel idea like at least and to your point in this film anyway. She did feel like. As though like a weird person stuck in a pretty person's body, like that. That I don't know if that's Rachel Lee Cook, because she although she does kind of feel that way in Josie and the Pussycats. As yeah, well. yeah, she she plays it's a weird. It's you a know weird what I mean? Like too. so, I think that there's, I think the Winona Ryder parallel is a good one, and I wonder if it's a mixture of a she might not be that weird, and b the time that she was coming up is very different than the time that Winona Ryder is coming up. For sure, you know Winona Ryder is birthed basically by Tim Burton for all intents and purposes, and that sort of is the 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 you know, launching pad for her career. So everyone associated her immediately with those kind of weird mm-hmm. roles. This is a pretty straight line. I mean, uh-huh. this, this role is not weird or quirky in any real way. And I wonder if there's just kind of nowhere to go from there. Well, she's going to be on the list of teen stars at that time. She's not going to be at the top of that list. There's another contemporary who I think uh, of hers, mm-hmm. who I think took all the roles that she would have gotten. Mm-hmm. Natalie, Natalie Portman. Portman. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just to me, it's like Natalie, it's true. Natalie Portman, I, not to not to you know kind of malign Rachel Lee Cook, but Natalie Portman's like you know the one level up version of this. Mm-hmm. Like Natalie Portman can play Black Swan. She would never. Rachel Lee Cook wouldn't wouldn't know where to start with that movie. I think. Well, it's I, funny. We we talked I might about, be wrong. But Rachel Lee Cook, the only no, role that sense. that we've discovered through this podcast anyway that she was in contention for was Jawbreaker, which was the Rebecca Gayhart role. R- Rachel Lee Cook was yes, huh. and I don't see that. 
But. Not as familiar with with Jawbreaker, but um, <laughs> big fan of your podcast. Not as familiar, but not as familiar with Jawbreaker. But um, I, I think I think also like there are teen actors who also like kind of straddling, like look kind of like Freddie Prince Jr. looks like an adult in this movie. Yeah, but yes. Rachel Rachel Lee Cook looks. Like a teenager. looks like a kid, yeah. which is so, which is part of the reason that yeah. the chemistry is so off. Which is why why the the which is also why that like she was, I mean she was not going to be up for kind of even the same parts that Reese Witherspoon yeah. was, where she was sort of like sort of an adult and sort of a like she she projected this she projects a young teen. Yeah, she, I mean, she's she's perfectly cast in this movie. I think that the other three names that that were mentioned, I think, are all very good actors. I think that Lee Lee's the only one that I could maybe kind of see it, but even then, I just it's not it's just it, not right. It wouldn't have been as it wouldn't it have been, wouldn't have been as good. I totally agree with that. Th- she is the movie. She is all that. <laughs> I mean, she is the movie. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I think Lee Lee seems just more of a powerful presence. I I, I think I think. The sensitivity that yeah. that that Rachel Lee Cook has, and like where you really do feel like she is, she is really kind of picked on and and put on, and and they do. There's this interesting thing because I think other than Paul Walker, like the only like really true villain in this movie is the Clea Duvall character, and and which is weird, which is really weird, but it's it's a weird thing, and I don't know how conscious <laughs> it is, but it's it's the it's the um it's the kind of high school person who is curatedly weird mm-hmm. that you know the the one that like yeah, the hot topic that goes to hot topic yeah. and 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 therefore you know and and does these very you know their version of edgy paintings and and so that is a person who also looks down at at this character who is just who is not trying to put forth a a persona she just kind of is this that is yeah. a crazy scene in the beginning when her and her friend basically tell Tell her to kill herself. Lady to kill herself. Yeah, that's ins- at first when they showed up, I was like, "Oh, she has like weird arty friends," uh-huh. and then they're horrible to her, truly yeah. terrible. But I also feel like the revenge that Lainey gets. Lainey does a couple things in the movie that are kind of shitty. I'm not saying that 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 getting revenge on I think her name is Misty or Missy or something like that that Clay Duvall plays, right? Who had the self awareness to say tell her how rich she was, which I don't, yeah. I don't know if I buy that. <laughs> It's a weird scene, and I, listen, putting the makeup on her is fine. But like, there's just a couple moments where Lainey kind of lowers herself to to I don't know. She gets in the gutter when maybe I'm, I'm not entirely convinced she should have for her mm-hmm. character's point. But I, I'm like, not. Well, even, what was the? What was I'm the trying other to one? remember what the other one was. Uh, I have it here. When we get to the plot, I'll I'll, okay. I'll, I'll get to it. But I, I I do think that Lainey is smarter than everybody else in this movie, which is also kind of part of it too. She just seems more self-aware. She seems to be aware almost that she's in a teen movie. Mm-hmm. Which is why, how she's introduced to Freddie Prince Jr., that scene where she goes up to him and says, I'm not smart. Yeah. I love that bit of dialogue. Yeah, I like that too. It's, 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 it is a, it is a really well-written moment, even though, and I don't know if I don't know if well, it was the, night. So what's that? It was night. Yeah, it was so M. Night Shyamalan. That's why. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why. That's why, <laughs> that's why it sounded right. Yeah, yeah. His, his his sparkling way with dialogue. Uh, um, Six Sense gonna, podcast. Yeah, we're going to bring him on rough. for Six Sense. It's going to be great. Uh, the other thing, sorry, that she did that I thought was a little shitty is when she calls Zach onto the stage at the art show. Like I know why it's there, but it's. Kind of a shitty thing to I do. I can't wait to talk about that I'm scene. I'm so, exci- okay. I'm so that excited. That scene is one that stuck with me, and I it's 
very Deuce Bigelowian in that Deuce I thought it was going to be the low point of the movie. And, and it's it, one of the I, high I, points I, of the I movie. I agree with you. When it started, I was like, what are we yeah. doing here? I have a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get uh, to it. But I have so a lot of questions about that scene. There's a lot of dancing in this movie. Uh-huh. And one of the reasons for that is that Rob Isco's background is in choreography. He did the uh, choreography for uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, mm-hmm. which is how he sort of started his career. Mm-hmm. How good are you as a dancer? I mean, is it genetic? It's absolutely genetic. I'm not sure that, I don't know how good a dancer Robert is, but he's good at choreo- God, choreography. I feel, like, I feel like you have to have some rhythm Maybe, to be a yeah. choreographer. Uh, the the choreographer of this movie was Adam Shankman, though. I saw that. <laughs> yes. Who choreographs the prom scene, mm-hmm. which, by the way, apparently... Harvey Weinstein wanted to cut he who shall not be named. Um, well, with all due respect, it's a pretty good instinct. So he, dec- he says he wants to cut it, but the only way that he'll keep it is if they punch into Usher more. So all of those moments of him like saying things couldn't have been clearer. That are so jarring from an editing perspective oh, well, that are not really like. Well, my favorite moment in that is 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 Usher saying, "Let's do the dance that I taught you guys before." Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, because it comes out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I mean, ADR, they're like, how do they all know this dance? Just have Usher say they taught it. They'll believe it. It's so weird. Well, beyond, Usher, beyond ADR, Usher doesn't cross with any characters. I was just going to say so, the same so, thing. So, so yes. I imagine that came in, I don't know if that character existed in the script <laughs> no or chance. that came after, but yeah, afterwards, but like, there's, there, there is a, this was one afternoon of Usher's life. He he's in not one in location. Scene. Two locations. Two locations. No, no two windows, two locations. He's in the radio booth. He's in the DJ booth. The only people who are ever in frame with him are extras yes. who are standing in front of the DJ yes. booth. It is awful. <laughs> it is truly one of my least favorite like yeah. moments in movie history. Yeah. I hate stuff like that. I, 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 all I, of his stuff from the PA booth is terrible. Too. I don't know if that was those were M Night Shyamalan scenes, but I, I will <laughs> I will speculate that they are because he uh, refers to the people in the high school as earthquakes, which feels like someone would who doesn't live in Los Angeles yeah. would use to describe people who live in Los Angeles. Yeah. Like, no, it's got. It's what do I know about Los Angeles? Windsurfing, uh, earthquakes. earthquakes? No, yeah. it's, 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 it's got to be the so name true. of the sports teams. Well, I'm just, uh, yeah, they, they, I, I, I imagine so. They're gonna be like the, the San Dimas sport, the San Dimas earthquakes. Maybe. No, gotta be. How could he? It can't I, be. I love like, that you. It, make, I love that you think it has to be. It doesn't I, have to be. Anything. No, it doesn't have to be. I just, I just, it, it, it bothers me the notion that it's anything else because if it's because like, if it's what you're proposing, <laughs> then this movie just dropped ten more points for me. Really. It's pretty low right now. <laughs> it wasn't low before the podcast, is, but I feel like I feel like this is, yeah. this is, so far, guys. I still love this movie. <laughs> I, love, I, I, I will say that this is I hadn't seen this movie probably since close to ninety nine. Mm-hmm. I saw it in ninety nine for sure, and then I probably saw it around then, and I have not seen it since. And I will say that it is there is a charm to this movie that is undeniable. I think Rachel Lee Cook is most likely the secret sauce to that, but I also think it moves at a quick clip. It, it doesn't. Does. It doesn't. It, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It does. You're right, and it understands its its high school tropes in a way that's just heightened enough. Like you even mentioned it, like the whole real world dream sequence and him walking yeah, inside the stuff. inside the uh, inside the flashback. All that stuff just makes it feel just elevated enough mm-hmm. that it pops. But I would also say too in the in the oeuvre of teen comedies that we have in 99 it's probably somewhere in the middle for me you know i i think that i think it might be near the bottom i i, I made the list okay cool you what yeah please let's do it um the list we've done so far yes mm-hmm. as far as i can tell yeah she's all that american pie 10 things i hate about you cruel intentions jawbreaker 
Idle Hands, Varsity Blues. We've done a lot. We've done a lot. Drop Dead Gorgeous may or may not sure. be in the, on the list. Never Been Kissed may or may not be on the list. And Virgin Suicides? Dick may or may not be on the list. Virgin Suicides. You're right. Virgin Suicides may not be on the list. So it's a it's an eclectic list. It, thus it far. is an eclectic <laughs> list, and there are definitely a few that I I can't speak to because I just don't. I'm not as familiar. I'll with pass them. the phone around. The phone has the list. I'll throw out my top. <laughs> the three. phone has the list. I'll throw out my top three. Okay, just yeah. that's just sure. And and maybe my bottom three. Okay. Um, my top three. Just looking at the list, it's pretty obvious. Those who've listened to the podcast, <laughs> Drop Dead Gorgeous, uh, <laughs> Cruel Intentions, oh, man. and then as far as like. It's probably it's Dick. So it's those three. Am okay. I being an asshole? I feel like those no, are kind of I mean, asshole I, choices. But I, those are those are my three. Okay. I mean, I would say just looking at your list here really quickly. I mean, I love Virgin Suicides, and that might be my number one. Uh, I enjoy Cruel Intentions. It's troubling to me, but I enjoy it nonetheless. I think ten, ten things I hate about you are really like never been kissed. Would be up there yeah, near the bottom. Almost one of mine. Too. I think American Pie is definitely my pro. Uh, yeah. Or Idle Hands. Which one? I think I like. I think I like American Pie less than Idle Hands, but it's close. I um. I think also, you know. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's such a strange group of teen movies. To me, you know what I mean? Yeah. There were, yeah. And we're not, and, even, and we're not even done yet. There's more to come. Yeah, I mean, I was a I was a teen movie watcher sure, in, in sure. 1999, and I've not seen Jawbreaker. I've not okay. seen Idle Hands. I have uh, not seen Dick. You would um, like Dick. Dick is really good, dude. I think all three of those movies are de- are, are worth checking out. I yes. don't know if Idle Hands is like a recommend movie, but I think yeah. it's, they're all worth checking. Yeah, out. I, I um, I think I think. So I can put myself back in my brain watching these movies at the time. Sure. And I think that I I think that this movie still finds its way into my top three. Sure, sure. She's all that does. I um and uh and I am not a giant cruel intentions fan. And um I did listen to your episode, so I know you I know you guys are. Um I, well, I, I, mean, I had to I had to I had to I had to I'm a giant fan. Phil is like a moderate size. I'm a moderate size fan. Tom Mason not. A yeah, fan. and, and <laughs> he didn't hate that. And uh yeah, so I think I think Ten Things About You, yes. Yeah. And um I don't think I would like Never Been Kissed upon rewatch, but I remember like you might it be at the surprised. Time. I didn't. I didn't see Never Been Kissed back in the day. Um, did you listen to that episode? I did not. Okay. It is. It's a. It, I do. Think I'm a it, big fan, though, guys. No, we, <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate any episodes that you listen to, but I, I do think that uh, Never Been Kissed is a is a 
sweeter, kinder movie. And similar to this film, I would actually say, is one of those movies where if you dig beneath the surface of Never Been Kissed, it gets real weird and it gets real problematic with a capital P which sometimes. is Which is what I've, like, what the, the intervening years have, have, yeah. have lifted I up. I think you right. look under the hood of that movie and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think with this movie, it's more about the way the story is told than it is actual problems with yeah. well, what's there, being the obvious problem. The yeah. obvious problem is there's a bet about turning a We have no idea what the bet is. Well, but a, there's a bet about turning a quote-unquote like ugly nerdy girl into a hot prom queen. Right. That's obviously problematic, but there's a way that it's handled in this that's almost inside itself yeah. that doesn't strike me as I problematic agree. the way like never be kissed Obviously, you know, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. If if Freddie Prince Jr. and and Paul Walker were like, listen, we need to dress you and we need to tell you how to put on your makeup, yeah. that would have been real, real uncomfortable. Yeah. But then he was able to shove it to his whispery sister. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting how I read a bunch of stuff online. There's lots of uh, online articles about she's all that, and someone did a rewatch for, for BuzzFeed, basically. And one of the you know thi- we did a rewatch for. Podcast since 1990. <laughs> yes, no, it's true, it's true. But it basically did a live thing where they did every sort of beat and mm-hmm. how they felt about it. And one of the things she said was, you know, there's something about a man showing up with a dress and saying, like, you know, you should dress like this that is problematic. And yet at the same time, she's like, I still find it endearing and I and I hate myself for it. And there is something about this idea of him not, I don't, and maybe this is sort of what you're kind of circling, but it doesn't feel like he's, trying to change her in this movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel Freddie Prince Jr.'s fingerprints on Lainey saying, like, you need to do these things. Yeah, I don't think he's cares. Because the bed is so indistinct, (laughs) I I think that he's not actually working that hard to accomplish the bed. So to to the, I'm sorry, David. Go for it. To the movie's credit, the, the, the thought behind the bed isn't, I can take any ugly girl and make her pretty or hot or whatever, like Pygmalion, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His argument is, if she walks in with me, she will be prom queen. Right. right. If, if it believably with me. Yes. Which, by the way, is a lot closer to real life. Like, that would happen in high school, sure. where some girl who, you know, if, you, if you're talking about high school hierarchies wasn't particularly popular, started dating some popular guy, she often would raise up that hierarchy sure. very quickly. That does strike me as a little more real and a little, I, it's still kind of gross in a high school popularity way, but it's a lot less gross than I need to change everything about her. His point was basically like, let her be her. I really think that's what he more was saying. More or less, yeah. yeah. You know, let her be her. If she walks in with me, people realize she's great. He but gave I her that, one change of clothes. Yeah, I mean, there's like, there's a there's a slight makeover where she has her eyebrow, eyebrows plucked and, you know, she puts on a dress and, you know, takes her eyeglasses off. She trips at the end of that, which is like totally endearing and yeah. like, that's a great moment. Yeah. That, I think, I mean, I don't know, maybe top five biggest needle drops of 1999 is is that Kiss Me, Mm -hmm. Sixpence on the Richer moment of her walking down. It's 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 insane how iconic it is. And watching it again, first of all, I was like, this was just like to go to some party. I could have sworn that it was like if it was prom. You assume that this was the prom. It feels like it should have been the prom. I mean, it was a it was a major part. I mean, (laughs) that party was was really intense for just say like just a regular weekend party. You know what that is, man? That's that's the that's the clueless effect. Clueless got it in people's heads that people wear dresses like that 
to, to a house party. Because she's yeah. wearing Cher Horowitz's exact dress she that she wears to that well, party. Well, she's also yeah. kind of wearing Taylor's exact dress. So there's, oh, she there's is, also, which is yeah. weird. Yeah. So yeah. there's also like a vertigo thing going on where he's like, <laughs> he's yeah. dress my, like my lost love. <laughs> you know, vertigo and, vertigo and Clueless are my two favorite movies. So there you go. There you go, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it is, I guess, to your point, it's a little less icky with him not sort of being so forceful in changing the way that she is. Because you do get the impression almost immediately, in fact, that he's like, oh, I like this girl as is. Because he's <laughs> a different type of bro. Right. And that, that is another reason the movie works. I agree. And, it's, and it elevates right. the, the tropes. Right, right. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that... I, I don't know. I it, like the only thing that doesn't quite fit in his character is him agreeing to this bet because yeah. it t- does seem like he's a genuine and and him being friends with Paul Walker to begin with, but because he does seem like a genuinely pretty yeah. stand up guy. But it's 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 nuts. Uh, well, let's talk about the plot. Let's just dive in. Let's do uh, it. The movie opens with a montage of Laney making like art. I guess is what you would call. It. I mean, these weird sort of like three-dimensional yeah. paintings or something? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, my non-controversial opinion is she's a terrible painter. <laughs> she's a terrible artist. She's a terrible painter. Like, like, like she's, every time she actually has to, like, try to, try to, Constructs like like a drawing of something on, on t- it, it. She she has she has no sense. She has no oh, sense of it. There's some prop master crying right now. It's just a really bad painting. Oh. <laughs> uh, but I do love the overalls with the paint all over it. And sure. like it's it's I don't know. There's something immediately very kind of. Again, kind of Winona Ryder esque of just the loner artist, right? Like, yeah, type. And, and, which is still, yeah, which is definitely a look, but, but certainly a look that people are wearing. Yeah, I mean, she her entire transformation was just going from like one page on the Delia's catalog to a different page <laughs> on the Delia's catalog. <laughs> well, all right, so there's a reason that yeah. not another team movie chose this girl as the archetype, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like, yeah. there is something iconic about this, about yeah. the before look and about the after look. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, not another team movie, which I think is just a tremendous. I don't think I've movie. ever seen it all the way through. I need to watch it. You, ha- you especially have seen literally seen every movie yeah. they parody this year. But um, Need might be, <laughs> might be. Might be. Do you not think it's a great movie? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's. I, 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 I think there's something inherently unnecessary about doing a parody of comedies. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. They take themselves these self serious comedies, especially you know something like <laughs> not another. This one me, definitely does, especially like yeah. She's all that that doesn't quite realize how ridiculous it's being with, you know, take off. The- but wouldn't you also say the seriousness is kind of what makes it work? Like if oh the, yeah, you know what I mean. Totally. Like it, you said it earlier. I think like oh, you, everybody's oh, very that's my, that's they're right. locked in. That's my exact point. Yeah, 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 these yeah. Move, none of these movies, none of these teen movies can work, work yeah. if you're winking at the audience. Like they're yeah. kind of gross. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I, to, to that point. Like not on the teen movie ad. Yeah. Nine plus movies to choose from, or really, you know, a hundred movies to choose from. And they chose this girl as their avatar for yeah. yeah. Uh, a, it, it is interesting how the 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 I mean, my favorite teen movies are probably the ones that are self-aware to some extent. Because I feel like even the John Hughes stuff is self-aware. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The Breakfast Club is aware of itself. Um, and it's got a big heart and it thinks yeah, hopefully it has something to say. Clueless is another one, mm-hmm. Mean Girls is another one. You know, this scream is probably enough. I mean, I know that's not a comedy necessarily, but there's just something about. The, I'm just. I don't know. I'm drawn towards the the. I forgive the term, but like the meta teen comedy as opposed to the teen the earnest teen comedy. Okay. Necessarily, I don't know because this feels earnest to me, which is nothing wrong with that, and it works. But I don't, I don't know. necessarily 
I mean, I agree with you. I like all the meta stuff. I don't necessarily agree with you about the John Hughes stuff. Okay. Like that stuff strikes me as I don't, right I, I, I don't think it's meta. Honest. I think Ferris Bueller is meta. Yes. And I yeah. think I don't think the rest of them are meta. I think yeah. they're they're right down the middle, like aiming for the heart. I mean, in fact, this movie is so much like Pretty in Pink. Yeah. Um almost like I mean, yeah. B for B, you know, down to the dead mother and the father gives the yeah, it's speech at the end. It's and, got a lot of pretty right. in it. Um which you know, pretty in pretty in pink is not my favorite John Hughes movie, but no. Um, but yes, I, I, I like both of these kinds of movies and I yep. love a really, really well put together teen movie like Breakfast Club, I think. Sure. You know, there's, there's some, there's, there's some revisiting lately of that movie that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's been, a, there's been revisiting of a lot of John there's Hughes so, stuff. Especially through a, been a new re- lens. I mean, 16 Candles, I think we've known for 25 years is kind of fucked up. Yeah. But. Not so much Breakfast Club. Am I, I, I don't really get the reappraisal. Am I? I like Crazy. Breakfast Club quite a bit, but I, I, you don't, I don't. You don't get the reappraisal because you think it's people have been have, are are hard on Breakfast Club now. Oh. I'm not entirely sure what the what the axe to grind. I've I've rewatched it recently, and I will I will say that like it, it it comes with a little bit of the lens of seeing it older. Is that Judd Nelson is truly unbearable in that that movie, <laughs> and he is he's driving almost every scene, and it makes right. like it makes it a lot harder to watch it with it with the eyes of now like knowing people like that and knowing what people like that turn into as they get older. <laughs> yeah. And, and having him sure. kind of be the hero of the movie. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. I, th- I think a lot of it also comes from the, um, what's her name? Not Molly Ringwald. The, the other. Ali Sheedy. The Ali Sheedy arc, which is basically like, you yeah, know. that's not great. Like essentially. That's the pig pluck, yeah, turning yes. her into a pretty Pluck girl. her eyebrows, yeah. put on different clothes, put some earrings in, put some diamond earrings in and the guy will love you. Like, anyone that is who thinks that bad. Ali Sheedy looks better at the end of that movie than at the beginning of that movie is insane. Like Ali Sheedy wearing black clothes no, she's, she looks and just amazing. she's fantastic and like crazy and then that's awful. But they do to her at the end of the movie is, is a travesty. But all that being said, uh, it does tap into basically the very first beat we see Lainey and we realize she's just gorgeous and has glasses and overalls. Like at no point do you think that this girl sure. is ever, you know, an ugly duckling. Um, Karen Culkin shows up as her brother. Uh, we get some Liz Fair playing. Giant shorts. Giant shorts. And hearing aids, which hearing they aids. never talk about, which I think they is They never talk about it, but I think I, 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 I think it kind of goes to trying to explain why he's bullied. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, right. is, it is never discussed, but I, I also think when, I, when you're trying to think about why this character is a pariah, I, I think part of it is just her being very close and unembarrassed by her family, which is yeah. something that you just don't do in high school. Like yeah. her dad very publicly drops her off and she does hang out with her much younger brother a lot in high school. I'm not exactly sure what grade he is in. Yeah. He <laughs> so seems some, like he's somehow like, it's a, somehow it's a high school that also has f- a fifth grade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does seem very young. The hearing aids are an, are an interesting thing. I, it's uh, an interesting thing that I, I, I didn't did notice until yeah. deep into the film. And I was like, oh, He's got hearing aids. That scene outside? Was it the scene outside when I Zach shows up? Outside. Yeah, that's when I saw yeah. it. They focus in on it from his first shot. Oh, do they? Okay. Yeah. I didn't catch it. Uh, we get some Liz Fair playing as they as we get our first sort of shots inside the high school. Uh, I love White Chocolate Space. I think it's a great album. Uh, Paul Walker and Julie Hill show up as, um, as Zach's friends. Taylor dumps Zach. This is all... Minutes. Yeah, this all. This is maybe less than ten minutes into the movie, and she's yeah, this jumping him. Seven seconds into the movie. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really fast. These are also all the the parodied characters in not another teen movie. Not another teen movie. This is the movie they parodied. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm no, sure. for real. Like, well, it's a, there's the yeah. Dula Hill character who's basically like to another black guy in the house party. He's like, you gotta leave. Mm-hmm. I'm the token black guy here. <laughs> yeah. But to this movie's credit, very diverse high school. It is. Yeah. I think also not to get whatever, but. Uh, from a filmmaking perspective, 
a lot of this is are oneers. There's a lot of long yeah. takes through mm-hmm. the high school outside going, and and I think that that also adds to the feeling that it's all kind of moving very quickly yeah. in its own way because you're just sort of you're being pulled through all of this in less than ten minutes. A lot of faith in these young actors to do that. Truthfully, yeah. you know, and and also as a filmmaker, you know, those takes are are hard to do. They're expensive. They mm-hmm. take a ton of time. You got to rent a thing. You got to rent so many things. Guy yeah. got to walk got around. Guy, guy got to walk around in a vest that's got a thing on it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So really, that's the, the, magic. Those are all the, the magic, magic of movie. Everybody magic. is unhappy when you're doing that, and then you have to do it again. Yeah, and, like, and, and then you're like, Bird everyone's Man. happy. If you Didn't get we it get it? Yeah, and then Birdman. Anyway, um, I'm just because that's the only thing that I that I thought was truly impressive about that film was like how they did these extraneous, crazy long takes. Is impressive, mm-hmm. but that's yeah. the only thing. That was yeah. <laughs> uh, so Taylor uh, meets Matthew Lillard, who's on the Real World. They hook up, get tattoos. His tattoo is so funny. Well, I didn't. His what face. is it? Is it, it right? is. It is a bad drawing of his face, and I believe it says <laughs> me underneath it. <laughs> it does. It says me. <laughs> I mean, I respect it. Her, her tattoo is the image on the tattoo. I think it was a van. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hers didn't make any sense, but his was really That's funny. That's really funny. Uh, then we have that brutal scene with Clea Duvall and her friend saying some horrible thing about Lainey about how great art is only recognized posthumously, so maybe you should kill yourself. They're both painting clowns, which is why she it, it does... Give her, she does paint her as a clown at the end. Right. It is a callback to something that oh. you may barely notice. But both, but both, both Clay Duvall and her friends are painting these bleak, crazy, bleak That's clowns. That's crazy. I didn't catch that. She does a great job with the, with the makeup. Listen, yeah, I, 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 that's her best piece of art. That is what that is what she's good at painting. Yes, (laughs) there's then this weird moment where Dean is talking to Zach about, and it's before we get to the bed. Dean's Paul Walker's character. Yeah, sorry, Paul Walker is Dean, and he's talking about how Zach's popularity is going to drop with Taylor having dumped him, and that he's going from a quote unquote badass mama jamba Mm -hmm. to. There's some weird vernacular out of Dean's mouth. Yeah, he particularly his his slang is <laughs> it's, it's it's definitely from the same from the same roundtable meeting that came up with <laughs> she's all that. Yeah, it's, yeah it was it's, it's, it was definitely yeah it was it was definitely like Harvey Weinstein like yeah. screaming at somebody to tell him what kids are doing. It's crazy. Not uh, to talk ill of the dead. Oh boy, Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I do often like Paul Walker. Yeah. This could have been a delicious role, yeah. And I don't think he, he sucks his teeth it. into it. No, I agree. Paul Walker, I think, really came into his own as an actor later on. I think he has a hard time with words in this in this movie. He just he's. I agree. Yeah, it's it's as if he's also hiding his Australian accent that yeah. does not exist. <laughs> he gets a mouthful of marbles, yeah. sometimes, yeah. and you're just sort of like, wait, what's happening? I, I also feel like he didn't want him to be too mean. I don't know if he did or if the director did. Hard to say, uh-huh. but. To your point, he should have been a delicious villain. It's and and it's I don't point. know if it's if it's Paul being like, but I don't want to be like a well, bad guy. I could see the director. I mean, they have their one ridiculous character in Jodie O'Keefe, right? Yeah, like mm-hmm. she's ridiculous. Yes, yeah, she's mustache twirly. And I, I could see the director basically saying, "I want all these characters to more or less feel like people in high school." Mm-hmm. And it is too ridiculous to have someone be as mean, mustache twirly as I yeah. think I'm pitching. That being said, even as written, I do think he could have. Like Matthew Lillard, for instance, could have played that role and just nailed it. I, I think the thing is, he's not enough either way. He is all, all, all of his words are are for a 
horrible person and his delivery is perhaps not mean enough. Yeah. So I, I a don't understand why they're friends, but I also don't, I don't understand why he's such a sociopath. Like there's, there's moment like when he ends up wanting to date her, I, I he guess it kind of might it, it might have seemed yeah. like it's coming from a perfectly fine place, but so, so it, we'll we'll get to that. It in gets, the end, yeah, yeah, it's a little muddled. I mean, the only time that he feels truly evil is in the bathroom yeah. at the end, where you're like, "Oh, this guy's like he's this guy's a really bad dude." That's kind of the only time that he feels really evil, despite being in my yeah. more or less physically flawless. <laughs> Paul Walker just isn't a villain, like yeah. in Varsity Blues, for instance. He plays a character a that otherwise guy. would be a villain, like yeah. the, the 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 lead quarterback or the first string quarterback who gets hurt, and you know, another movie would have sour grapes and be an asshole and sabotage. And he's a great guy, and you buy that and you want that from him. There's something about that guy yep. that you root for, despite having literally every advantage a human being can have. So, yeah, it's it's very strange. It's 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 odd casting. Ultimately, he's yeah. you know, obviously Paul Walker went on to have a huge career. Um, and he's a very good-looking guy. And we talked a bit about him when we were doing Varsity Blues, but there is something very earnest about him. There is something yeah. very good-natured well, about Pleasantville. him. He was Pleasantville. In, yeah. He's great in Pleasantville. There's also something you know? strange about having a very sort of leading man actor yeah. as the best friend yeah. along with the other yeah. leading man actor. Yeah. It just it it felt like a role that could have yeah. just been filled by somebody funnier or well, we're going to recast it later. So we'll think of somebody. Oh boy. That, All know. right. We're going to try. We're going to try. Uh, so they do the bet, uh, which is that Zach can't turn around a normal girl and make her prom queen in three weeks, I think is what it is or something like that. I don't know what the actual duration is. Yeah. I two. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, weeks. it's, it's very, they, in the voiceover that introduced it, they're very close to graduation, which is also why the falling star of his popularity feels fairly low stakes. <laughs> So Anna Packman shows up. She's uh, Zach's sister. Zach's parents inquire about his applications to college. Uh, then we have a scene where Taylor is walking with her friends outside, having gone, they're going shopping or something like that. That is some of the worst ADR I've ever seen. Is this when they're on, I think they're on Melrose or something? Yeah, yeah. and it's just, there's some there's LA some geography, rough. guys. For people, for, <laughs> people you. Wa- for people watching Far Flung, uh, <laughs> listening to this podcast, Far Flung, like, we watch a movie about Los Angeles and we know where they're shooting. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, the, the ADR is crazy. Um, but that being said, whatever. Uh, Zach goes to the falafel place that, that Lainey is working at, and I love the falafel on her head. Great, yeah, great. Yes. That's the Unlock Smart scene, right? Yes. That is the un- which also has the worst dialogue <laughs> of the movie, too. Like the gratuitous balls jokes from the oh, customer yeah. that take forever. Ever. Forever. It's a bad look. <laughs> it's just, it goes on. It, it's really, it takes a long time. Uh, then we have Lainey's friend Jesse, who is kind of a weird appendage character. Yeah. It, it, Eldon it, Hansen. Eldon Hansen. Eldon Hansen. Yes. It, of Idle Hands. Of Idle Hands and of uh, Daredevil. He's very, he's Dar- very, he's very likable in this movie. He is. In, in, in another movie, he is Ducky. Yeah. It's, yes. He, yeah. you know, when, when, when literally presented with whether or not, with her asking whether or not she's kissable, he's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> but, but beyond just kind of being nice, his singular character trait is that he eats. And yeah. that's or, not. Or, or puts puzzles together. It seems like there's like a very long scene where he just has a, a puzzle in front of him. For- there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of references to food. He's not that heavy. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a, a little, little upsetting. Yeah. I do love when him and Anna Paquin, it seems like I they like might get too. together. Yeah. It is implied that, but he's eating a lot of shrimp at that moment. <laughs> he is, he has a plate of shrimp cocktail, which 
I don't know about your prom, but that I mean, that feels fairly extraneous for a prom. Also, they're serving. I like, would oh, need a lot of shrimp in my prom. Would need a lot of shrimp, in my prom, but also it's like all the shrimp you can eat feels like 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 a a gesture that money could be better spent. <laughs> I did love thinking about her being in True Blood, him being in Daredevil. Now there's just some nice like weird sort of genre blending of yeah. these two people together. I like their little two line exchange. Yes. Yeah, you know, what is, what's his name? His Jesse. name is Jesse. Jesse. His name is Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson. And he says his full name. He says, I'm, I'm Jesse Jackson. I, I'm Jesse Jackson. I'm not a good dancer. I'm Jesse Jackson, presidential candidate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she uh, says, I go to a school with 500 chicks. I go to school with 500 chicks. <laughs> yeah, she does say everything very breathy. Yes. Uh, so now we're at the art show. You guys have thoughts. Um, the art show, yes. Oh, you, oh the performance art show. Yes, the performance art show. show. My thoughts are, how does this man in his underwear um, uh, uh recruit this 17-year-old girl to be part of his show and and feel comfortable enough that she gets a ride home with him. Those are those are the, that's where I'm very uncomfortable. I mean it, it yeah. That's a good point. Can't, the, can't argue that. Can't argue with that. Yeah. The the little people shouting um yeah. phrases from from um commercials. It's it it's both really I, I liked it. I was compelled by it, but it also felt like it was somebody who just like learned about performance art from like Mad Magazine. Yeah. It's right, it's so, trying very hard to be weird and thus losing the thread a little bit for And me. you know, and also like having done like improv shows on Hollywood Boulevard, like pretty well attended for a Los Angeles <laughs> show that was just full of someone shouting at you and crap. <laughs> so two two things. There's that part that you're talking about. My honest question is, has anyone ever been to anything remotely like that? Do mm. those things, like, 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 like I, I only hear about quote-unquote performance art that looks like that from movies like She's All That right. that try to approximate what they think performance art might be. Now, I've never seen anything like that, I feel nor like do I, I f- would even know where to start to look for it. I feel like I have. Not please, that please. I, do, I, I, I And I, I this is going to be... This is not an answer, really. But I do feel like I was taken on a date at some point in high school or in university where I saw some sort of theater performance that felt like it was something akin to this. Now, it wasn't this, and it wasn't that kooky, and it wasn't that crazy. But, you know, I I don't know. I was a theater kid, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, I was in drama school and sort of, I don't know. I feel like I mean, I I've been to, I've been to plays that have you know, like made me as uncomfortable as I imagined yeah. he was there, yeah. but not with the opportunity for him to go up. And, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't an open mic. Yeah. yeah that, that, that was maybe the weirdest part of it is there's this like fluidity to like the, the interactivity of yeah, what's going right. on that I was like, I don't understand what's happening here. So, so but that's, she, yeah. So that's part one. I yeah. think this, this whole thing felt a little bit like a very square person's approximation of what this world might be like, but that's yeah. okay. The hacky sack thing um, is like so easily mockable, like hacky yeah. sack. It's horrible. It worked really well for it me. Weirdly it, it, worked. It, it, it weirdly worked. It weirdly it's, showed this vulnerability. Yeah. And it did. Showed, yeah, it, it gave him an opportunity to act. And um, it really did. Like when he took it, the hacky sack out of his pocket, I was like, oh, don't. Do how this. far did your eyes look yeah, back? In I your was head? like, no. Yeah. And then, yeah, he starts doing it. And it's, it's honestly, it's the they're counting on you, don't let it drop. And it's just like, yes, it's heavy handed in it, but it does speak to the pressures that he's feeling. And for a second, you get a window into this kid's, I would argue, maybe the best window into this kid. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Through the entire film. Yeah, definitely. Well, it, it colors everything else that that follows it, yeah. right? Yeah. So now I, I, 
I believe that this kid has so much repressed inside him. He feels yeah. the weight of the world inside of him. Mm-hmm. This bet means nothing at this point, right? Like, yeah. and we all we, we eventually learn that it really isn't much. Like his dad wants to go to fucking Dartmouth. And yeah, it's like a crimey river. Boo-hoo. But, but still, like, I'm sure he would have a per- he'll have a perfectly nice time at Dartmouth. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna, he's, he's gonna do well, assuming the deadline hasn't already passed for him. Yeah, but uh, there is something to that, you know. Weight of the, the the weight of expectations of following your father's footsteps. If you're a privileged person uh, and you don't have anything else, yeah, um, to go off of is probably relatively very a very heavy burden to to yeah. to mm-hmm. shoulder to burden. Uh, help me out, a burden, yeah, on his shoulder. It's yeah, a, a weight on his It's a heavy shoulder to burden. It's, it's a, a heavy, heavy shoulder, shoulder burden. burden. So uh, <laughs> Zach and Lainey go to the beach, and yes. Zach's friends show up, uh, and then Dean has a. Just a great line. Look, Check go, out the go, Bobo's oh, yes. on Super Freak. Yes, those are great. Sorry. I want to just walk back for like one second <laughs> sure. and talk about like the weird miscasting of Kevin Pollock as this blue collar. Pool cleaner? <laughs> Pool cleaner. Oh, but that's the best recurring bit. I remember He's that great. to this day. The Jeopardy, the, the wrong Jeopardy, Jeopardy answers yeah. are it's so, so good. good. He's so confident. President Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's fantastic. He's he's I've always liked Kevin Pollock. I think he's great. It's I love wonderful. him on Maisel right now on Marvelous yeah. Miss Maisel. He's great. Also, another show that has scenes where people are watching weird performance art, just like that, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. decide to go out on stage. <laughs> very true. Very true. I think Kevin Pollock kind of doesn't miss. I he's just one of those guys. He just kind of doesn't miss. He's great. Um, he's great. I, I like him very much in this movie. And he's, in role. My, I, had a, I, I had a bully in high school named Kevin Pollock, so it's a little rot. Really? <laughs> was it Kevin Pollock? It's a great. I, know, I mean, did, it was. He gave. He did a lot of Columbo impressions before he shoved me into a locker. <laughs> <laughs> one more thing. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Pollock is a guy who's just. I don't know. He's always great. I, I always. I think the role for me that always kind of is is usual suspects. That's yeah. the one that just sort of. And he's not even in it that much, but he just guy. nails well, those jokes so hard in that movie. And they're good jokes. He's, and they're good jokes. So they go okay, to the, so beach. the beach. The beach where I think they could, a different movie would have gone w- a different direction. Would have had a joke about how bad her bathing suit is. Sure. Or just I. I thought when this when the friends started to show up, I thought. Oh, this is going to go badly. They're mm-hmm. going to be assholes, and then he's going to have to defend her, right? Because I didn't remember the film that well. I was pleasantly surprised that they welcomed her into their Me social too. circle, basically almost. And then at the end of the scene, when the button is the two girls saying, "Oh shit, Taylor's going to be so pissed when she shows up at the party," then I was like, "Oh fuck, is this like? Are they like trying to set her up?" But they weren't, which I was happy to see. But do you know what I mean? Like. When they showed up, I was like, ugh, it's like the cool kids have shown up and they're so going to be I, fucking assholes. I think you're actually starting to hit on why this movie does work. Um, it's, again, backhanded com- compliment, but I really don't mean it that way. It's not that challenging. Yeah. Right? Like, the, we know what to expect. We know the carry moments, basically, mm-hmm. right? That, that scare us mm-hmm. that we don't want to experience. Mm-hmm. And they hint at them. Yeah. And they don't give it to us, yeah. which is fucking fine. Yeah. I think, I think the other reason it works now come to think of it is I think this movie's like this and probably this movie as it was conceived is that um, Freddie Prince Jr. is supposed to be the avatar for us but he really isn't. She is. She's our way in. Yeah. And so and I don't think that that was what it was supposed to be. I think I think you know, you're you're supposed to see her through his eyes and and then see her change through his eyes. But truthfully that is not 
what the movie chooses to do, and that's not what the sort of performances suggest. Yeah. We're, we're, we're with her the whole time. The movie is, yeah, no. She, I mean, we're from, we're from her perspective from the credits, really. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. her movie. Um, we're with Bald. I mean, it's really, it's, it's, to me, it's... But who the audience's avatar is, I think it is her. It's yeah. a, I'm not a big fan of two-handers, because mm-hmm. I think it does kind of... It, it splits yeah. your perspective, and I think it's really important for the audience to have a perspective, right? Mm-hmm. A, a, a very clearly defined point of view, and I think this movie suffers from that. Um, I do wonder what it would have looked like if they went harder in the direction you're talking about. Yeah. Um, where she very clearly was the A story, and then, you know, jumping into Freddie Prince's life could have almost felt like a, a welcomed uh, departure from what's going on in Lainey's life. But instead, as an A story— the thing that we're making fun of a lot, this idea that like, what a nightmare! I can't decide between Harvard, Yale, and Dartmouth. Yeah. <laughs> does feel like decidedly ridiculous. Yeah, compared yes. to the girl whose mother died of cancer, for sure. So, um, basically, at this point, she gets invited to Preston's party. She kind of blows it off. She doesn't want to go, and then Zach shows up at her door with like two kids. One's Vent Velo Milo Ventimiglia to like clean her house. I didn't even realize he was in that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> what a deep bench. It's a deep bench. Even, deep, the, yeah. even the kid that cleans the house. Yeah, I mean, we haven't even mentioned like Gabriel Union is in this movie. Gabriel Union. It's, yeah, it's, Lil a, it's crazy. Lil' Kim. It's crazy. Uh, so they show up to clean the house. And Kevin Pollack is watching Jeopardy. Which doesn't, yeah, which doesn't, doesn't, doesn't feel make like, sense. yeah, it doesn't feel like, like, oh, all my problems. A, she was using house cleaning as, a, as, as an, an excuse, excuse. Yeah. but also like, oh, we're in, we're in good hands. Some, 50, <laughs> some 15-year-old kids are going are are to are are clean up. Boy, uh, 15-year-old boys, the people <laughs> famously great at cleaning after themselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, then we get our sixpence on the richer scene, makeover. What do you, you guys? Know. How do you guys feel about that song as a song? I think it's a kind of great song. I, I I I think it has. I think at the time, I think I probably didn't like it, but I think it is now like it. It's crested into full on nostalgia, and it's it's fine. Yeah, I kind of belongs to America. At yeah, this point. yeah. I feel I mean, the same way. At the time, I was like, all right, whatever. And now I'm like, nah, I get it. It's the Kiss Cam song now. Oh, is, it? is it? Yeah. It, which you know isn't yeah. such a bad thing. It, it makes you sense. Know, but it's the Kiss Cam song, so it's played in every arena. Every game, they're a Christian they're, band. Six they are a Christian band, are they? Yeah, like that is that's a Christian thing, right? Six pence on the rich. Yes, no idea yes, what it that is means. A CS, it's, a, it's a CS. They're a Texas thing. Texas band, I believe. I'm, I'm sure they are. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I believe. Well, I believe so. so. It is a nice moment. It is. It's. I mean, it's. It's arguably. If this movie will be remembered, and it is already, but as in the, in the be pan- because of that one moment. Yeah, it's, it's When we do our iconic scenes of 1999, it's be up there. I'd be surprised if it doesn't make the list. I agree. Uh, we get to Preston's party, very 90s, neon lights, lame music. It's kind of an aggressive party a little bit. An aggressive party. I also had a lot of confusion about the geography of the house. <laughs> yes. When she wants to leave, she walks upstairs, though she was clearly on the first floor. Um, <laughs> It's a lot going on. Like yeah. even even if that is the geography of the house they're using, I think they she probably could have just walked out the door. The door it's nearest. A little, it's a little weird. I would have bought it. <laughs> um, but yeah. So basically, then we have the whole Misty thing where she sees her throwing up in the bathroom. She and by she I mean Lainey gets her revenge because she Misty, gets her revenge, but she also goes in to help her. She sees her throwing true. up. She sees yeah. the person who said you should kill Die. yourself yeah. and she goes in to try to help her and then and then Misty's just says something terrible to it's her. It's a weird and it's and Misty's comment is is oddly like uh like a class thing. It is a class thing. I What I, did she say? She basically says something like 
what, what do you think about me being accepted to all these colleges and you're wiping my face or something she, like that? She, she says that I'm rich, that I've gotten scholarships to all yeah. these art schools and you're, and you're yeah. cleaning up my puke. I think that yeah. I, I think they didn't go hard enough in, in the class thing if they yeah. wanted to sell it because I think they're trying to show that in some ways that Lainey is, is working class, but she's, yeah. I mean, but her dad does own this business and they have a pretty yeah, nice, house, nice house yeah. and they nice have a pool, pool yeah. you know, which I'm sure he got a discount on because he's a pool guy. Well, it's, I, I thought of the same thing. I thought, well, of course they have a pool. Yeah. Like, like if there's one thing this guy's going to spend money on, it's right. a pool. It's like Rob, Rob Schneider and Deuce Bigelow having a nice fish tank. Got to have a nice fish tank if you're a fish guy. It all comes so, back to Deuce. I, and now that's going to be my new, my, my new mark. <laughs> my new touchstone for every movie. But uh, I, I think that there was, um, Enough on the class tip to sell this idea. He's yes. very rich, and, the, and yeah, so he's you know he the and friends Preston's the friends of Zach are and, very yes. rich. So her just being middle class, I guess, is a different enough thing. Yeah. So then Brock shows up, embarrasses Taylor by dancing like a lunatic. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I guess, they break up at that point. There's some sort of a breakup situation between the two of them. I think I think we should be noted. He's very clearly a take on Puck from the Real World. Very much so. Yeah, the very iconic kind of. Never seen an episode of the Real oh, World. Oh well, Puck Puck was because they do say second season of the Real World. Puck was second season. I think. I think he was. Third, right? San Francisco, um, New York, LA, San Francisco, or fourth after London. Whatever. The point is, early. Puck, Puck, early was, a, Puck was a terrible, real, like a terrible person in the real world. House that, yes, that that, um, yeah, that he's very that much Brock is, is making very fun of. He was, he was a he was a racist. He was a homophobe. He was disgusting. He would like you know eat peanut butter out of the peanut butter thing with his fingers and like lick it. And he was he was just he was an awful awful presence. In everything, everything he did, he was an awful presence, and weirdly got this weird sympathy thing going. But it's also like we remember that he was on the show, and you know, in the same way that you know, well, Brock, uh, Brock may still have that now, <laughs> right? Within the she's all that universe, yeah. Within the yeah, within the world in which all of this is true, yes. He's on celebrity boxing right now. Uh, Taylor pours her drink on Lainey, calls her out in front of everybody. Pretty sh- horribly shitty things that she says to Pretty her. Pretty horribly shitty things. Yeah, they are wearing almost the same dress. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, um, Strange that you don't it. She's pouring something, I believe, red wine on yeah. a red dress. You don't really see that she's. Yeah. It's also, it's also not Lainey's dress. So it's like it's like <laughs> I, I like it's it's. I, the, I mean, it's she very. Pours it, it on her chest. It's very embarrassing, but it yeah, also it also doesn't have like it, it is something that Lainey could very easily walk away from. But like as you know, but but it is very humiliating and is like, very upsetting. It is like the class thing, and like actually a lot of a lot of what this movie does it. It assumes that you know enough about these tropes that they only need to give you like a morsel to sell these ideas. It's true. It's also assuming it, this is also one of those scenes where it just does feel like things are missing. Like I, I just I don't know where Taylor's animosity for yeah. Lainey comes from. I I don't even fully know why she would know who she is at that moment. Did she want Freddie Prince Jr. back? Because she did want him back after she got sort of. She hadn't been dumped yet. Though. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. She's Taylor uh, has not been say. dumped yet by mm-hmm. Brock. It's a little unmotivated, other than that she just seems jealous and She's pissed just off a that har- Jen, horrible that human being. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So then Zach chases after. They actually have a pretty nice scene where he talks about her having that she should let her guard down more, and that she she was enjoying herself today at the beach. And but then he has this thing about how Does this some, movie take place across like three days, basically. Uh, it's, a, it's a short period of time. He says sometimes that means letting in the bad with the good. Which kind of feels like he's making excuses for his friend's shitty behavior, which I'm not sure he. It's not a great look, but 
Right. It's also it's also someone who's lived with absolutely no pain or adversity telling like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. listen, girl whose mother died from cancer. I have a few things to tell you about my life, about your life and how to live. Yeah, it's it's, it's a little absurd. Uh, Lainey's nominated for prom queen at this point. There's only two people nominated for prom queen. I'm not sure why that's the case, and I don't exactly. In my know. own high school, you yes. buy nominations. You really? buy. T- yeah, it's it's a fundraiser thing. You you buy thing. You know, so it a it, chance to win. You could yes, like a raffle. So yeah. you like sell. Yeah, so they sell the ability to nominate people for, I think it was maybe Homecoming or something like that. Oh. Yeah. So so it, it's possible that um, Taylor planned on running un, unopposed, and but in order to make the bet work, she certainly has to be nominated. God, it's yeah. like every beat of this movie is every beat of every teen movie. <laughs> I, I, I can't escape this feeling that this movie is just so inessential. You know, like I, I don't know what's new about it. I, I don't know what's. I, I, and I don't yet. And it yet, works. and yet, it is. It is the, the gold standard. It's hard to explain <laughs> these two things. It's very pure. It, it, yeah. it is. I mean, there's 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 a very earnest quality to yeah. it. It's very it's big hearted. Uh, so then then we have uh, the soccer game that leads to the locker room where Dean starts talking about how if Zach isn't going to fuck Laney, he will. Right, we're we're it gets we're, a little, we're, fi- it, we're we're finally Zach is like hmm, I think Dean's maybe not a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think the sociopath that I've led into my life might not be maybe it's super great. Up, yeah. yeah, so he gets pissed, and this is the moment when obviously we we learn basically that Zach is in love with Lainey because he's defending her honor, I guess, which is also kind of I mean whatever. Yeah, it's not it's, great today, but fine, I guess. Back oh, then. that's okay. You can still defend honors. Uh, <laughs> Zach, love, love move fa- moves Zach fast. goes to Lainey. She's painting. They have the scene about her talking about her mom's death. They almost kiss. And I'm glad that they don't kiss there because he's not being honest with her at this point. Sure. You know what I mean? I think that it's probably he, why it didn't happen. It's also, it's also, it also would be a twist on a movie like this, which this is a little twistless in that way to yes. have the kiss happen before the ending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also, it's also a great scene for Lainey where she basically calls Zach out on his bullshit. Where yeah. she's like, you're a fucking grown up. You make your own decisions. You don't have to follow in your dad's footsteps. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Like, you know, and he's like, but, but, but. I mean, it's, it's, it's a weak argument, counter argument on his side, but she does show real backbone in that scene and also just sort of calls him out on like, you don't have it that tough. I also don't like it. There's something about this movie that almost feels like it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's not susceptible to your typical criticism because in general, the dead mom trope is kind of awful. Yeah. Right. It's overdone. Yeah. It's done more in movies than it happens like that seemingly than, than in real life. Right. Like every one of these protagonists has a dead mom and, uh, I, I don't really hold it against this movie, though. Yeah. I don't know why. I I, I I think it makes sense in this for this character. Like we're tr- trying to understand this character, trying to understand why she doesn't really buy into any sort of high school hierarchy, or th- she actually has had real pain, and that she is very close to her family, and why she feels so much responsibility to them. I feel like you need something like that to understand it. Yeah, that's fair. No, which, but I think that's true for a lot of these movies, right? Like Pretty in Pink. Um, is it Pretty in Pink or Sixteen Candles? Pretty in Pink, Dead Mom, right? I think it's Pretty in Pink. Yeah, yeah. Pretty in Pink has a dead mom. Yeah. And I think that that much for the same reasons in this movie that that happens, it happens in that movie. Um, in Ten Things I Hate About You, there's no present, there's no mom present. I think if you looked at a lot of these movies, mm-hmm. a lot of these uh, 1999 
movies, I would imagine. I would say yeah. from a writing perspective, it's so much easier to service one parent than two parents. So it's it's, yeah. it's, yeah. Not, it's easy to it's 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 a good idea to get rid of them from time to and time. It yeah. seems like male screenwriters and male directors Tend generally that. Yeah. pick the father yeah. to be the way in, mm-hmm. um, which I understand, but also just taken yeah. as a whole. Yeah. Kind of sucks. I agree, right. but again, I don't really hold it against this particular movie. It, it is very interesting how this movie, being not even inoffensive, just being sort of sweet, somehow it dodges the barbs in a weird way, which I think is—I don't know—I I find it actually kind of fascinating. I don't feel like picking it apart. I feel like yeah. I, I just like—I just like yeah. enjoying it. I yeah. just like kind of yeah. going with it, you know. So we get our beatboxing scene. Everyone's favorite beatboxing. Everyone's scene. favorite beatboxing. That scene I'll pick apart. Yeah. That scene sucks. Um, that scene sucks. <laughs> um, then we're in the cafeteria. Lainey asks Jesse if she's kissable. It's a cute scene. Simon is roller skating around the cafeteria, Listen, asking if people want fresh ground pepper. As, as, a, as a fifth grader, he he had to he had to take he had to take on a job <laughs> for them to allow him the school. His like, job what? his job is to offer because he does refer to it that he has a job to do. He does. He does say it several times, so he he's does. not just doing this as a weird bit. It's a weird bit. It though. is a weird bit, but it does feel like he he feels like he needs to be doing this. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. it was one of my favorite. It is funny. Uh, and he, he obviously offers uh, fresh ground pepper to Sarah Michelle Geller, who shows up for five seconds. For five seconds. Has no lines. Says nothing. It's, on it's, on it's, set it's, that day, visiting her boyfriend. And also on set of the high school where they shot Buffy. It's oh. the same high school. Huh. So my guess is maybe why she was just there. She was just, yeah. che- she was just checking she was just out, like, it, ma- yeah. making sure her trailer is in order, making sure that nobody has, nobody has walked into it. <laughs> so now we get to one of, I think, the low points, which is the pubes pizza. Okay, yes. I don't, I'm not going to fight for this. I'm not riding for this scene in any way, shape, or form. Also, one of the kids has a teacher that says, kill all artists with yeah. a gun yeah. on it. Couldn't, could not be more, like, more on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> like, not only that, like, that kid's a fucking artist. Like, look at the way he's dressed. The kid with the dyed hair. Yeah, yeah like, like any other uh, movie, that kid's a fucking artist. But okay. But, uh, so then we have this scene where... They're bully- they're so funny. Bullying Simon. Zach catches wind of it and makes the bullies eat the pizza with their pubes on it. Basically. Wrong, wrong color pubes. Also, also worth, that, worth, yeah. worth pointing out. A definitely uh, a redheaded kid. It just feels it was the Shermanator. It was from, the Shermanator. Shermanator, yeah. from Shermanator who does not have dark black pubes. It's weird. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so gross. But what's weird about it is it doesn't belong in this movie. Not at no, all. It's, it's a, a gross out moment in this movie, which just doesn't it doesn't need it. Uh, if it was in Deuce Bigelow or a Fairly Brothers movie or American Pie, yeah. or American American Pie, Pie. I would have been like, yeah, all right, fine. So this just feels weird. Uh, Zach's dad discovers his acceptance letters. She already knows yeah. that he's a decent a enough decent guy. guy. Yeah. Like it's, it's, she, he, she didn't necessarily need him to do this. It feels a like lot, a studio now. A lot of these scenes feel very disjointed in this part of the movie for sure. And it just, it, it, I don't even know where it really fits in the movie beyond her wondering if she's kissable. Weirdly reinforces his place in the school. He's not afraid of anybody. Um, yeah, because it's not like he's that much bigger than these like two perfectly not tiny guys, two on one, who really don't want to eat pubes. I, I imagine right. that they could they could have gotten out of there. Yeah. Only yeah. only his place sitting yeah. atop the social structure right. of the school. That's the only reason he's he's able to do this. Well, which we know. It's weird. Which we know. It's 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 a pube joke. Um Zach's dad discovers the acceptance letters. They have the you know that whole conversation. The dad flips in within a line. 
He's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't like it. There's no he was real the, yeah, tension. Tim in that Matheson scene. did the morning where Usher did the afternoon of their one day, <laughs> of their one day on set. Yeah. Um, Tim's like, I, I gotta go. Like, can I can I can I, can I do a big turnaround right here? <laughs> so then Well Dean, cast though. Love Tim Matheson as a rich asshole. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Dean tells Lainey about the bet in front of Zach, and she flips out and has the only swear word in this movie, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Am I a fucking bet? Not a lot of people could deliver that line. She a great, a great line. A but great it's delivery interesting. Of that line. Great yeah. delivery of the line off camera. You don't actually see her say it. Ooh, and I wonder if true. that is some sort of MPAA thing. It's not. I don't know. You I, could it, say no, fucking once. No, no. You, okay. it, you can say it once. Um, is it PG or PG thirteen? PG thirteen. Yeah, you can say it, you can say it once. I mean, maybe they wanted options. I, I don't really know. It was just interesting that you hear it and that we're on his face rather than. Her saying it and cutting to his reaction. So you can't say it as it relates to the act of fucking, but right. you can say it the way she said it. Right. Fair enough. No. Uh, and it's it's a gut punch. I think Freddie Prince does a great job in that scene. Mm-hmm. I think he looks legitimately devastated. Um, Kevin Pollock then has tries to be a dad for a scene. Sure. Essentially saying, you know, be a kid, enjoy your life, whatever. There's someone here that wants to take you to prom. Straight out of and it's Dean. Straight or pink, pink. We think it's going to be, we're hoping it's going to be Zach. It's not. It's Dean. She. I thought it was going to be uh, Ducky, but. Oh, he thought it was going to be Jesse Jackson. Yeah. Jesse Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Who does, who does end up at prom, but he has to get there yeah. early because the trip, is, the trip might be gone by later. Uh, <laughs> um, if he doesn't yeah. have 50 shrimps. And then, and then, and then somehow Lainey, who has worn only paint, uh, encrusted overalls for the first part has a beautiful, beautiful prom, prom dress upstairs and the ability to do this very complicated updo yeah. that she somehow is able to get out the door in time. But she's able to do it. She figures it out. They get to the prom. Usher's DJing the prom. We've all discussed our, kind of. our favorite Fatboy Slim dance sequence that everyone knows the moves to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that I think it would work a lot better if it involved any of our characters, really. <laughs> I think, uh, well, yeah. Taylor's in it. Joe Taylor's yeah, in it Taylor's for in a second. It, but I think you could have actually made it feel like organically part of the movie yeah. if we could have seen our people. I dancing. think she is a dancer in real life. I um, think she is too. Yeah. So but, if I you ask me anything about Rachel Cook, ask you anything about Jodie <laughs> O'Keefe. No, it's it's, <laughs> it's such, a, a, such a tragedy. Yeah. Tragedy. Uh, such a tragedy. Usher says. All right, dance club, let me see what you got. Okay, so it's a dance club. Okay. So I guess we're led to believe that he runs the dance club. And that's why all these people know these moves. They know the dance, yeah. So there's that. Um, that, Jesse song, that song you so ubiquitous in 1999. Oh my God. It was just like hearing it even then, I was like, Ugh, it gave me like PTSD. Uh, Lainey's art teacher, this is all at the prom. Lainey's art teacher tells her that her last piece was amazing. And First she, appearance? Second. Nope, second. She's she in the, the art first class. Team? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She says that she has faxed, faxed some art schools about her, which I think is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Jesse overhears Dean in the bathroom saying that he's going to sleep with Lainey after the prom, which, by the way, is not a fucking revelation. Like, we all know that no, that's what I mean, he's going to No, I mean, you're going to have to go to the bathroom if you eat that much shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> like, who else was going to be walking out that door? <laughs> it's so true. Uh, then Zach is crowned prom queen, Taylor yeah, is crowned so, so, prom yeah, queen. Yeah, the, the one clue is that he knew the room number. That no other, no other, yeah. It's insane. Uh, then they're crowned, and... Rather than Jesse and Mackenzie going to Lainey and saying, hey, this guy is going to try to fuck Very you. Very weird. They go to the guy on the stage so that he can, it's weird. Safer? The machinations are. W- I'm going to say, though, I do think one interesting sub- 
maybe subversive is too strong a word, is not making Lainey prom queen. I yes. think making Lainey lose was an interesting choice that I appreciate. But they breeze past it. They breeze past it. Well, and they she say, says the right person won. They say, that they, means. they say it's very close. And Closest like, ever. In close the history of their eight-point eight yeah. win. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was Obama-McCain numbers. But yeah, you know. but, but, yeah, but yeah. that principle is just looking at stats. Yeah, It's just weird. Uh, so then it does feel like the movie at this point has kind of devolved into a fight for Lainey's virginity, which is yeah. not a great look either, but... She's never, she's never said aloud that she wasn't a virgin. That's it's true. Possible That's true. she went to art camp and, uh, and had some of, fun. It's, it's true. Uh, Lainey comes home after rejecting Dean. Does this movie Dean. work with Allison Hannigan? Uh, maybe. 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 I think that, a, does this movie work with Anna, Allison, Allison Hannigan? Yeah. And no, Lainey? because Allison Hannigan is just like inherently just a funnier person. And I just, uh, I, yeah. I, I, Lainey isn't funny. but I, She's not. Uh, Lainey comes home after rejecting Dean. It's a shame that the Dean stuff happens off screen, but I'm fucking glad it did because the way she talks about it makes it seem like a horror show that I do not want to see where yeah. she had to use an air horn to get him off of her, it's basically. It's crazy it happens off screen. I'm not saying it should have. But, but It didn't need to go down that way. It's but, yeah. crazy. Well, it's, it's another one of those things that like you're wondering whose movie this is and you actually did want to see like, – yeah. you know, it's, it's – If she it's, saved herself? It's Zach, it's Zach going to try to save her and then and – then, her not needing to be saved. Yeah, I mean, I guess you want that twist, but we already had the weird twist where somebody was surprising her by standing up, standing yeah. standing next to her dad in a tuxedo. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not saying we had. I'm not saying we had to see it, but like, if you're gonna have it as a beat in the movie, yeah. it's crazy that they didn't show it. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was weird. It's a climax in the movie. It also has a line where she says, sexual harassment is still a big deal these days. From a Miramax release. Just that <laughs> I'm going to say that by the end of the script, I don't think Harvey was still reading the, the pages. <laughs> yeah. I think he like, kind of yeah. got the gist in the first 20 minutes. And by totally. the end, but yeah, but it, there, there was free shrimp in the lobby as well. <laughs> so at the, the end of the movie, they go out, they dance by the pool, they kiss. It's a nice scene. I think it's got some great lines of dialogue between nice. them. Uh, and then we end with the joke about the bet where it turns out that the Bet was based on who would have to show up at their graduation naked. Right. The, the idea that and one person, regardless of what happens, one person is going to graduate naked. Yeah, and, it seems that that's the case. And and and, and that's sort of the, the last. And, and it's not. It's lame. And if we were talking about the logistics of how you would do that, you would not do that by being in your seat naked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, waiting to be called up. It's very with, 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 with a, a ball, soccer, with a soccer ball. ball. Somebody was going to stop you before that. So. Um, we rate our movies. Okay. We rank them from zero to 99. Yes. Uh, so basically, we want to know what you thought in 99, what okay. your grade would be then, what your grade would be before podcast, post-podcast. I'll go first real quick. Um, in 99, I probably would have given this film a 70. I think that I enjoyed it. I thought it was fine. Uh, pre-podcast, probably would stay around a 70, I would say. Uh, post-podcast, I think it's going down a little bit. I'm going to give it a 68. Mm, I think that. that I think that... You know, we talked about some stuff that made me go like scratch my head a little, but I still really enjoy the movie. I think it works for reasons that I still don't completely understand. Somehow this movie is just incredibly charming and wonderful and it works. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think in 1999, I think I would have given it a solid 98.5. <laughs> um, um, but my rewatch uh, this weekend, I think... Yeah, up to like seventy two. Sure, 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 sure. And yeah, after discussing it, yes, it is, it is, it is an improbable like unicorn of a movie. Yeah. I don't, I don't fully understand it either. But like, 
there's really something to be said about a movie that isn't boring at all. It's oh, not boring. And this it movie moves. and this movie is not boring, and it is just eminently watchable. Yeah. And so I'll 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 knock it down a few points because we had some fun at the movie's expense. <laughs> but I, I I think I mean, and I and I I think a sixty eight, and I think. I would say fifty of those points are Rachel Lee Cook. Cook. Yeah. Just because I She's don't, amazing. I don't think it would have worked without her. Fully agree. We're all right in the same neighborhood. Um, I think I did like it more in '99. Sure. Um, I've seen this movie dozens of times. Okay. Um, just here and there, and HBO and whatnot, and I've always liked it. Not higher than an eighty. I'd probably say it's about seventy-five. Sure. Rewatch seventy. I really, yeah. did, I, I feel like what you guys felt. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not boring. It, yeah. it really flies. I like most of the characters. They're, they're, the the weird decision they made worked for me. I want to knock it down more than you guys did. Like <laughs> I think, like I think, I really do see the seams yeah. um, more than I want to, but not that much. Uh, Sixty two. Like I think it's still definitely a, a worthwhile movie and better than a lot of these team movies we've done. Like we got some thing. more to watch too, so I'm excited to watch uh, to continue to watch and see how they all kind of rank. Do you know what we're doing next week? We don't actually know what we're doing next week. All so right. so uh, we'll, we'll put we'll something put in this spot. Wow, great and, movie. I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm really excited to hear that episode because I, I for one, am a big fan of that movie. <laughs> um, I am we're at definitely uh, going to use that. At PM Iskov on Twitter and Instagram. The show is at podcast like 1999. Kenny's at Nybart. Mm-hmm. And are you on Twitter? Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at David Iserson, I S E R S O N. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming David, on, David. Thank we you. really want to. So will you much. come back? Um, uh, any, any time, any <laughs> Fantastic. second. Fantastic. Please tell me when. Fantastic. We're, we can't wait. Thank you so much. Thanks. Dude. We really appreciate it. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 